I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I got everything you want, everything you need. Damn right I'm the coldest nigga out. You liable to freeze. Never ever bring your girl around. She liable to leave. She ain't never been around a pimp. She was dying to see. I'm mouthpiece at I'm mouthpiece at his prime. The flyest of the freshest that was freshest of the fly. I'm majoring in pimping. He's just rapping on the side. Hey, and welcome to the Blackout Tips Podcast. Your host Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Sunday, Sunday football NFL beautiful day it is it's beautiful out here the chicken wings have been bought yes they have we got early this morning about them chicken wings because i was like i am not missing the beginning of football of the go-to store from chicken wings mm-hmm. yeah um so uh everything seems to be taken care of uh you should recognize the voice that you heard at the beginning of the show during the lyrics it's been on the show many many times at this point um and it's not J.L. Covan doing an impersonation of him. No, it's not. Uh, is the homie comedian Chris Lamberth of the Mundane Festival podcast, um, which you can find on Podbean, you can find on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, and uh, you can also find him on Twitter at Chris Lamberth. Um, and uh, now the Twitter, now the show has a Twitter, uh, Mundane Festival, at Mundane Festival. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Rod and Karen. Thanks for having me. Oh, no Anytime. problem, man. Uh, you know, uh, one of those people I reached out, I, there's some people I reach out to and I'm just like, I hope they can do the show. Um, cause I haven't, I didn't even ask them yet. And, you know, uh, Chris is one of those people that's like, Oh yeah, he's on the short list of people that we love to have on the show, man. So I'm just glad you were able to do it. Thank you. I, I appreciate being asked. Um, now, of course, this is the Blackout Tips podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podomatic, all these places. Um, go to theblackoutist.com, easiest way to find everything about the show. Check the about section and, uh, you should be able to see how to contact us. Um, you can also do stuff like subscribe to our premium podcast selection. You can do stuff like, um, leave comments on the polls, vote in the polls. You can donate one time, recurring, whatever you want to do. Just go to theblackoutist.com. The official weapon is the taser and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme mm-hmm. um and today's podcast is brought to you by shadowdogproductions.com and their youtube page shadow Dog production um make sure you guys go out there and support them leave comments on their youtube videos um go to shadowdogproductions.com look at some audio plays they start from as low as like 99 cents and mm-hmm. um you can even get full-length movies for like a few dollars um make sure you do that it helps out us um mainly um and we appreciate that because we do that keeps them sponsoring us uh click around buy things yep um we're out there too so if you like well i'm only interested in riding can we have our own dedicated page yep you just go to uh tbgwt page and uh check out our audio plays uh hear what we sound like when we're professionally in a studio voice acting um and what karen sounds like when she is professionally cussing my ass out professionals and it's really good um see what i sound like when i'm freestyle rapping as a uh, white surfer voice guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I brought that to the character. That's what I do. I'm an actor. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys do that. Uh, we appreciate everybody takes time out to go to shadowdollproductions.com or click around and like their YouTube videos, uh, youtube.com slash shadowdollproduction. Um, speaking of which, we also are sponsored by tweakedaudio.com. Chris needed some headphones today. He had to buy some from Target. 
and why did he have to buy some new ones from target because his old ones from target broke that's right think about it people it's tweakedaudio.com you can actually get a lifetime guarantee on your earbuds a lifetime guarantee nothing comes with lifetime guarantees not even life I tell, I tell you, not even you. You, you mm-hmm. put like this. They'll be done replace you several times for you, for those warrant, for that warrant to go bad. Yep. But you can go ahead and put in code TBGWT on top of your lifetime guarantee. You get 33% off. You get free shipping and they have all kinds of different styles and selections and colors and, you know, some that come with microphones and the prices start very low. I think mm-hmm. $14 is like, the cheapest headphones but when you take off that 33 percent it's only 10 plus you don't even gotta pay for shipping nope. are you fucking kidding me what are you waiting for don't be an asshole go buy yourself some <laughs> earbuds okay don't show up to people's podcasts like do i need to get some earphones you'll have some earphones you'll be begging to use those if y'all got earphones and they brand new y'all mm-hmm. all right so make sure you guys go to tweakedaudio.com use the code tbg wt all right Let's do some, uh, actually, let's catch up with Chris. Chris, um, what you been up to, man? I, I saw you out there on the West Coast, man, with, uh, Chris Hardwick and them. What's, what's up, player? Yeah, that was my first time going to, uh, California, going through another time zone to do comedy, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I was at Cobb Comedy Club in San Francisco, uh, with Chris Hardwick, and it, it, it was just, it was great. You, you get, I got to do 25 minutes every night. Wow. Is that the yeah, longest you know, you've uh, done? Uh, the longest probably like 35, 40, but, uh, in it being a New York based comic, you really don't get to stretch that much unless you're doing a weekend at a club. But, um, just for a, for a up and coming comic to do that much time on that type of stage, like in front of maybe like three, 400 plus people. Uh, in a big room and to have the jokes go over well like it was it was great it was a lot of fun that's cool man um who all else was out there was it just you and hardwick or other comedians there too it was me chris hardwick and uh i featured and uh this guy named chris thayer uh so it was a show full of chris's like uh uh chris thayer is going to be a writer on the pete holmes show which comes on after uh, Conan. It's going to be, I think it's going to be October 28th or 29th. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a really cool dude. And my best friend just from childhood just happened to move out there about a month ago with his girlfriend. Uh, so I got to hang out with them a lot, uh, see the city, and not actually do touristy things. But uh, as you and JL know, uh, when you guys made fun of me, <laughs> uh, I did. I did go to see uh, a movie. I took the tro- a trolley to a movie, so that was really cool. And I got to see some of the city that way. But I just like to when I go to a new town. Like I just like to. I like to do kind of touristy things, but do what normal people that live there do. Like I was. I was. Uh, Talib Kweli was playing at Amoeba Records on that the Saturday that I was there and I had planned on going to see him and Amoeba Records is like a famous chain of stores out in the West Coast. It's like has uh uh CDs and used CDs, records and DVDs. So that's like Narnia for me. Mm. So I was out there hanging out buying stuff that I and uh I saw that he was gonna be there, but the night before somebody asked me to go to a Texas A and M party when they were playing Alabama. 
So I ended up going there, hanging out at this bar, and having a great time. I didn't even go to see Kwali. Mm. So like, I've seen Talib in person, man. He's really good. He's he is. He, he reminds me of uh, like he reminds me that rap can be about performance too. And oh my not, god, he puts on Dude. a great show. Yeah, not it's just so, about um, and not just in a I need seventeen niggas on stage with no shirts running around yelling at people, but like i'm i this is a skill and an art and a talent mm-hmm. that i am uniquely gifted at type of performance yeah dude you you it's so true because he's literally one of the best that i've seen live and i part of me was like you know what i wish i could see him it would be great to see him like in a city like as you know me being on this trip like oh my god it would be so great but i was like you know i'm having all this fun but when you mentioned that man like He's literally one of the best. And it, you, the clarity in his voice, you can hear what he's saying, the diction, the guy's working hard. He's super talented. A lot of people don't give him a, enough credit, you know, for just mm. being an all-around great performer. True. Yes. Because, and I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys, but I think I mentioned it on my show, the fact that, like, I went to go see Blue, uh, Tehran, and Ayomari maybe a few months ago in the spring. To see them and at this place in Brooklyn, it would just and they were good, but it just collectively like it just wasn't like eh, it's kind of missing something. Yeah, I heard that about um, Blue a few times actually. That his yeah. li- his live show is not really that good, um, and there's just some energy missing. Um, yeah. And I think that you know honestly, it's funny because a lot of underground rappers uh, have people promoting for them, right? And they'll be like, you know, it's like. Oh, y'all sleeping on this guy. He's, you know, he's blah, blah, blah. I don't know why people don't fuck with this dude. And to be quite honest with a lot of these dudes, their live performance just isn't where it needs to be. True. To, right. Like to, to really that say that they're night. a star, you know, yeah. um, that, and I get that people ride for these dudes and a lot of people, uh, really respect, um, what they do and stuff. But there's a huge difference sometimes when you see like a guy like, talib even or you know kanye west or somebody when you're like yo this guy is a performer like he shows up yeah. he's a star he's giving 110 percent, and then you have dudes like you know no offense but like j cole who can sit down a whole a whole for a whole set like he he can just he sit down move. he'll sit down on a stool and do his you know do five or six songs without even getting up and there is a difference to the audience, you know. The audience yeah. does feel like a con- a difference between the kinetic yeah. energy and yeah. and a difference between that you know sedentary type of energy. And I think that's what what you know that energy kind of keeps a lot of people from being bigger than they could be. You know, that's true too. It, yeah, it's, you're absolutely right because uh, I mean it's one thing like the, to me the CD or the record should just be a jump off. It's like if, like Kanye, people talk a lot of shit about Kanye, but that guy's a star. Mm-hmm. And when I saw him on Fallon, like he puts on a show. He, he really, he's, he, that, that energy that you talk about, it, that's what he exudes. And you're just like, wow, I want to put down this money to go see him. Right. And I, and I don't see that with a lot of these guys. Like Fonte, uh, from Little Brother, mm-hmm. I used to go see them a lot. And they're great. Like it's a it's a show. Right. It's a show. You gotta you gotta perform your material. Yeah. And yeah. Um. But yeah. It like because uh, even with Talib, I don't think Talib's 
material and all that is necessarily the best in the world um i just really think that he's a dude that works hard and yeah. continues to uh perform and that's the reason that his show is so dope is that he's not um like he's not um download downloading i mean uh he's not down playing to the audience he's actually saying let me let me up play to it and yeah, yeah karen i see people having problems in the chat it's not us it's it's them okay yeah there, there's something wrong with with their connection or something but uh i'm looking at it right now and it's working fine um so uh yeah that that's that's the thing though is a guy like talil Kwali doesn't really have mainstream material like that if you no. think about it no he doesn't you know but he's a dude that worked hard at having a good show and it like he does something that a lot of artists don't do which is like he'll freestyle for real you know what i mean yeah like he'll actually be like okay let me go ahead and freestyle and have people sit up there and hear me make references to their city make make references to you know make references to current events so you you know this verse is not something that this person uh you know wrote down you know 17 days earlier now he's pretending to do a freestyle like so many rappers do when they go on the radio and stuff true dude it's so true and i think as a comic like that's what i do when i go to a town like i try to talk about the city i talk about my experience in the city and because it gives them a more complete show i was talking to one of my friends about that like so how if i want to grow to be somebody that sustains myself only by doing this let's no matter what kind of success that i get uh if i do get some success and when it dwindles i want to be able to support myself by doing stand-up and you can't be you can't give them a complete show unless you you give them everything you want them to have a memorable experience i remember so i was out there and i talked about my um i talked about my my Sixty dollar cab ride from the airport to the to the hotel, <laughs> and how I was just like, Jesus Christ, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I was angry because it was traffic, and there was a guy, and then he he's driving me, and I was really mad. And it came up to be like fifty nine bucks, and I was like, I don't want to give this guy a tip. I'm not giving this guy a tip. And then he pulls out his iPhone, and I can swipe my card on his iPhone, and his iPhone has a picture of this adorable little girl (laughs) and i was like i was like fuck i gotta tip him and i so i tipped him and then i told my boy about it and he was like man that was probably a google image he probably got you and i was like damn and i was like he did he just gets to be that is like a get out of asshole free card that he has on his phone all the time where he just continually gouges customers and then right when you're like, man, fuck this. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm <laughs> like, like your podcast. I'm the black guy that tips too. And I, I, my default is to tip, but it was just like in San Francisco, I went to the sandwich shop and you could pay through PayPal, some West coast liberal shit. I don't know what was going on, <laughs> but I bought the sandwich and they were like, do you want to tip 15%? Do you want to tip 20? Do you want to? Seventy five. I was like, Jesus Christ, let me. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Did, did they bring it to that, you? Exactly. No. They, well, they made like they made. They were really nice, and it was a good ass sandwich. Yeah. But it was just like, damn, and and like the when I got to the hotel, the, the water 
they charge you in the room and they give you a reason why this 12 ounce bottle, seven bucks. And like, they're just like, Oh, this water was made by distilled whale tears. And we, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, man, come on. Like I went to Trader Joe's across the street and just like, I <laughs> talked about that and I talked about like, I watched the news and they, they're naming their, the Bay Bridge after the first black mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown. Yeah, and, Willie. I love that, that I, dude's name. That's the blackest like, name. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool that you guys are progressive like that, but. I would feel weird if I was crossing a bridge every day by with the name sounds like this guy has his own barbecue sauce, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like <laughs> and I've talked about that, you know, just kind of like. <laughs> but, but it makes it, but it does make it more of a unique experience and it personalizes it. And I think yeah. performance wise, that's an art that, um, it takes it's a skill that you have to develop it's not something right. that yes. comes comes across for a lot of people naturally mm-hmm. anyway um and it's a it, there's a fear like because it's definitely a fear like mm-hmm. when you go out there i don't know these people i don't know the city and and it's just but it's just something that i see the progress incrementally yeah and and it's just it is good to see and it's just me challenging myself to not just go on autopilot when i'm up there but i have these jokes and i'm da 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 and that's my set and good night, you know. Right, right. The, the unicorns and rainbows or whatever the, you know, uh, whatever the uh, abstract comedy of the moment is instead of yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, I took this cab ride and you guys know that fucking happened because I wouldn't make that up. That's uh, right. It just happened today, you know, and, and it right. does take balls to be like, I'm going to say this and believe that I'm funny. Not right. not just my material Dude. is funny. But that I'm making this funny as I am telling this story, and there was something funny about this, and uh, that you know I have the actual you know the confidence to to yeah. say it that way. You know, I, I do feel like that's a different level of uh, performance that you know a lot of people don't you know not a lot of people, but you just don't always start off with that. So no, you don't. You know, I respect the hell out of that, man. Um. Let's talk about some random shit too. Yeah, um, I got two too. Go ahead, Karen. I mm-hmm. got two. Wait, I you got, got random thoughts? You mean? Yes. All right, hold on. Before you do that, uh, I forgot to ask, uh, Chris. What movie did you go see? I went to go see this movie called uh, Short. While I was in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, Short Term Twelve. It's uh, it's an indie movie, of course, and it's about this young white woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's a she's a foster care counselor at this facility, and she's um, taking care of these kids. And then there's a, a new kid that comes that sort of makes her think about her past mm. and how she's relating to the the people in her life, particularly her boyfriend. And the reason that I liked it a lot because it's one of those movies where it's like those uh, those white people taking care of these in city kids or these trouble kids mm-hmm. but it kind of turns those conventions on its head a little bit there's moments that initially could be cliched but then it then it's like oh they went a different route with it uh. and the acting was good it was moving it was funny and it was just like i just enjoyed it it's just a, a it was a good story and it's just something that you can kind of uh uh, enjoy because like I I'm getting to the point and I think I've always been this way and my dad kind of set the tone for it to just 
instead of saying movies, because he's older, he's like, I want to go, see, I want to see a story. I want to put on a story. And, uh, you know, I like stuff about people. Mm. And, you know, like going, not necessarily shit blowing up all the time. But, like, right. Yeah. So it was good. I recommend What it. was uh, the main actress's performance of Revelation or no? I thought she was really good. I said, and when you guys made fun of me, uh, it was I mostly said, JL, but no, but it was, but you know, I didn't know what was going on at the time because I listened to it after I got to the hotel. I was like, because I I talked about it on my podcast and I read what I wrote and I read what you guys wrote. And I was like, and I was like, he's like, it's like he he wants us to make fun of him. And I didn't know until I got back to my room and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. But it was, you know, it was just, um, it, she was good. I think, uh, Ree Larson, I think that's, uh, it's worthy of an Oscar nom, but when you, you get to the point in the fall where you have this onslaught of movies where people are like gunning for the Oscar. Yeah. And it's just like, you, you, that might get lost in the shuffle. And I was concerned about Fruitvale in that regard too. Yeah, I can't um, give anyone uh Oscar nominations. Uh I can't even give my decisions or predictions until I see Wolf of Wall Street and what Leo gonna do. Um, true. Cause it's just, long overdue. Yeah, yeah, and just from the trailer, it looks like um he put his acting to seventy five <laughs> out, out like out of ten. Like I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that shit, but he's was, on a uh, hundred. Just- which movie is this? And locking and shit? Yeah, he's popping and locking. The, he throws the fucking martini and the glass away on the lawn. Uh-oh. He fucking throws a lobster at a person on a yacht. What like, movie is this? In anger. It's The Wolf of Wall Street, Karen. Oh. Um, yeah, they never filmed said some of that near me. But you know what? You could say if he does win, you could say uh, he was cooning. Yeah, mm, that's another reason I want him to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to cool for this shit? Yeah. Uh, but hey, once you've been denied so many times, you get desperate, man. You'll fuck Billy Bob Thornton if you got to. Just give me my fucking Oscar, ah! you know? Whatever puts you over the top. <laughs> um, make me feel good. Yeah, <laughs> make me feel good. Karen. I had to watch that movie with my parents. Oh, that's, oh, that's oh not my. awkward at all. In the theater, this, this is like, I guess it came out oh one oh two, and uh, we were. I was auditioning for grad schools in New York, and we were like, "Let's go see what the fuck was the name of it." What was the name uh, of that I don't. Monsters Ball. Monsters is like, let's go yeah. see Monsters Ball. My favorite rapper, Most Death, is in it. Let's go, yeah. Mom. I didn't Dad. realize that it was gonna be Billy Bob Billy Bob Thornton's balls that were the monsters in that movie. <laughs> Uh, and his balls yeah i didn't realize that's what that was movie is about it was just like damn but yeah like uh, so we'll see and then tom hanks has a movie out that yeah captain that's that looks terrible that looks terrible well captain phillips tom, when tom hanks puts out something i was like man this motherfucker gonna get an oscar because he's he's dealing with these somalians and they look scarier than any alien that cgi could create Cat, like that. well the problem is that tom hanks is like the patriots of the movies yeah because yeah. his resume has way more respect than it probably should have because he ain't one shit in a minute and mm-hmm. he's actually put out some stinker of a movies mm-hmm. for a while now and everybody just kind of keeps glossing over that shit so um i think tom hanks is, is getting overrated man to be as I, an I actor, think, I think he's he's a really good actor, but it's just 
you know, when he did, he had Forrest Gump and Philadelphia right in a row. Well, so, and it, honestly, he wanted to produce. So he started making movies yeah. to become, to get money so he could produce more of his own shit. And, and he's, and the stuff he does produces a lot of it's about war and stuff, but it's pretty good in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I like, he's a, he's a star, but I, I just get worried because like everybody's like, oh, could there be four black actors that get nominated? No, no it's not. never. That ain't never gonna happen. Um, like he was like he here's Oscars down. Here's just the last couple of years for him. Um, uh, Larry Crown, yeah, uh, extremely him. loud and incredibly close, never which he was him. clearly trying to win an Oscar for. Didn't even get nominated, yeah. I don't think. Um, Cloud Atlas, which bombed and got like really mixed reviews. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, and that is his entire 2011 and 2012 yeah larry like he, crown was cute like one of those movies that's on like oh i'm not doing anything i'll watch it Whatever. yeah um but you know i i think he's like kind of out of the gonna try to definitely get an oscar game mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but he's he's you know he's trying to make that money and shit and dude and, i don't know man like mm-hmm. that that's uh captain phillips is directed by paul greengrass the dude that did the born identity movies in the united 93 like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like it might. Eh. Just remember, yeah, just remember where you heard it first. That it's a complete size. Yeah, and it won't win shit. Just remember that you heard nope. it first. That's all. That's right. I, they are sizing it, but it's yeah. just like when I see that trailer, I think this dude is gunning for the op. Like they're they're right. gunning for it. And I'm telling you, my prediction is not even a nomination. I don't think it will wow. be either. Not yeah, even a nomination because the the a lot of people don't know the reality behind that. Uh, the uh, the uh, well, he not nigga, but the nigga that was the captain went a route he shouldn't have went. Where they told him pirates was gonna be there. Yeah, but when but when you see the preview deck, like they was just chugging along where they were supposed to be, and the pirates caught them. No, yeah, it's gonna definitely it's gonna definitely be full of lies to make it more action worthy. I oh, just I just think it won't be good at all. Um. All right, so Karen, what did you want to say? Um, you want to do some, say some stuff about oh, random? Were you gonna say something, Chris? No, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm just excited about the possibility that there's more black actors like that are gonna maybe get looked. Mm, me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And uh, is 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 Twelve Years a Slave out yet? October. October. Yeah. So that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of good, a lot of good looks for a lot of people, man. A lot of dope slavey servant movies. Yeah, you know? Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, I'm sure, is going to get nominated for Black Nativity. Dude, why? Why did they? <laughs> okay, look, hold on. Okay, I saw the... Did you guys see The Butler? No, no I haven't seen yet. The Butler yet. I, spoiler, spoiler alert. It's it's good. I hated the fact that I liked it. Yeah, because... I heard you say that on um, J.L. Coven's podcast. Um, yeah. Righteous Prick. I just think, dude, like, there should not be superhero music playing when you're shining shoes. Like, there's, there's dignity. He is a like superhero. My, yeah, like, my mom, my grandmother clean houses and stuff. There's mm-hmm. honor, there's dignity. You can raise a family. You put food on the table doing that. It's a, it's what you had to do. But, man, like, I just, I'm, I'm sick of this, like, uh, I've said it so many times, but I'm just sick of these servant, movies that put black people in a place where it's comfortable for white people to enjoy i i just don't i get annoyed by it it's a good movie it's good to see people that look like me on screen but 
but it's just like when you got a movie, you got a slave, 12 Years a Slave, which I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. She would tell Ezra for uh, the director. Oh, my God. Steve McQueen, British Steve McQueen. Uh, great. It's going to be awesome. But when the movie is about, you got a movie about a slave, a, a, a butler, a kid that gets killed, which is fantastic, a fantastic film. And then you got Blue Caprice with, with, which is with Isaiah Washington and Taquan Richmond, which I just saw about the Uh, DC snipers. Yeah. That, now that, that one I do want to see. It's, it's on demand and it's probably, and it's playing in theaters too. Uh, I saw it. I heard it's terrible. Uh, I give it a, I gave, I just put my latest episode up. I gave it a B, B plus. Okay. Because, because of the cinematography, because of like Isaiah Washington put all the hate and disdain of getting fired from Grey's Anatomy into fucking this little kid's <laughs> head up. Yeah. And so it's like a, I called it like a, a, a black version of Breaking Bad, but it was real. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like, Taquan Richmond is the revelation in the movie because it it just I compared it to this movie called Elephant that came out ten years ago. I'm being a nerd here, but you, this is why you guys add me on. Mm-hmm. You know who I am. You know who I am. So like this movie ten years ago, uh, Elephant called by Gus Van Sant, which was based on uh, the Columbine shooting, but this movie was set in Portland and it was done much better, less talented actors. But overall, a better film that just made you feel like uh, that had this ominous feeling about it. And the DC Sniper movie, it's worth seeing. It's worth yeah. seeing just a good piece of acting, but it just it's just not as good. But it's good to see black people on screen. But I just want to see like a see black people doing kind of regular shit, but having problems. You know? Well, you know, it's crazy because we don't have a regular story and a lot of the stuff from our past is going to be filled with, you know, different yeah. racial things and even things in our current, like a right. lot of our major stories, uh, have to deal with race in America. Um, it's just that I think people's view is that these aren't American problems. These are black issues. Yep. And, you know, I, you know, I don't, I'm trying to like shake myself of that view because I feel like these are just American stories. Yes, sir. The Butler is yeah. an American story. It's, you know, nothing to really be ashamed of yep, or whatever. Or upset about. Um, yeah. The, I think the main thing that, uh, cause I do kind of feel like you too, which is I like to see black actors do things that have nothing to do with them being black necessarily. Um, and it is happening more often, but what I'm starting to find is that people tend to have this expectation heaped upon black actors to always, and black directors and stuff to always be blacking it up. You know, like what, yeah. what does this have to do with blackness? How is this promoting the people? How is this? And that's a pressure that I fight against too, because I like when actors just do a movie and they happen to be a black person in it. Yes. You know, right. like I, I remember, um, we had a conversation about Chronicle. And yeah. you were saying how you didn't like that Michael B. Jordan died in the movie. And I was like, yeah, but even if he was, and you were like, maybe it's because he's black. And I was like, even if he was a white dude, that character has to die, die in that movie yeah. or else that movie right. isn't even good. And yeah. if, if that person playing that role isn't likable, isn't great at it, you wouldn't even, that movie becomes like, uh, 50% worse where you're just like, 
yeah and then their boy got killed and they were fighting for some reason i didn't get it but he yeah. knocked it out the park and it really didn't you know i don't even think race really comes up in that movie mm-hmm. that much no it doesn't no and and but but that is the kind of role that i love to see black people play where i'm like he stole the movie it yeah, wasn't he's as fucking, he's the a star yeah yes. he's a star and but it wasn't as the black comic relief guy it wasn't as mm-hmm. the sassy black friend just a competent acting performance that completely right. like shows the everyone else in the movie up pretty much and yeah. and elevates this movie and you know i it, but as black people it's hard for us to watch stuff like that and not go well you know like like you said there's an initial and i and i th- and you weren't the only person i, I just remember our conversation there was mm-hmm. an initial like yeah man because he's black of course they killed him it's like come on man like you know he he gets to do that role and it doesn't have to be about his race i think we were messaging each other and i was like i like this movie it was great but fuck it a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just that emotional it's like i think uh and i think bomani jones one time when i called in we were talking about black quarterbacks and i have this emotional connection like i just feel like i want him to do well and then I just, that's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. And Bo was like, come on, man, you know. And then he put out this, that piece that he did uh, last week, the don't get on the bandwagon. And I thought that was fucking great because it just, it just, it gives you like a rational, a rational way to look at things. Like, no, these are the facts. Mm-hmm. And your emotions, you know, can come up to that level. But without, basically, I'm being fucking going on a tangent. But I, I just think that um, it's great to see that. And I just want to, I just think there should be new. Like, I even saw the people that Tyler Perry's, the people. The people's, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. I think if Ty, he did not direct this, he did not write this, he just produced it. Mm-hmm. If he puts money in the talented people and just kind of backs the fuck off. Yeah. And don't give anybody AIDS in the movie. It, he'll, it'll <laughs> he'll be, be good. good. It'll be good. Like, The People's was a cute, fun, light movie. It was really enjoyable, uh, good cast, good acting, fun. But, see, okay, now see, now I'm going to sound like I'm defending Tyler Perry, and I guess I am, but I don't think he has any obligation to do that with his money or his time or his talent. Not to mention, like, our definition of good is completely different because – there's people his movies make money and people go see them and there are people that think the Medea movies are fucking great and it's the only time yeah. of the year what? that they go see movies, movies. The only um time. so it's you know it's one of those things where i would never take that away from him under the auspices of you know black cinema needing to be increased by him not having a voice anymore or him having to come up off of his guap and make somebody else who could not make that money somehow uh make them famous that that person doesn't know how to recruit money from studios that person doesn't know like i feel like he's under no obligation to have to do that even if the result is a a better movie um depending on you know who sees it or whatever i i really feel like that's not his spot like he if he wants to be a control freak who completely puts out movies that he's in he writes directs cast produces everything good for him man like that's his shit and i will fight for his right to have earned that spot and do what he wants to with that spot he's not in my opinion he's not hurting anyone 
by putting out subpar movies that I won't go see. No, he's not, but he's not, he doesn't, he's not obligated, but it's at the same time, mm-hmm. if he's a mogul, and then we talk about him in the same way that we just talked about Tom Hanks not too long ago, mm-hmm. when you get to that side of being a producer, you, you, you get, you elevate yourself to, uh, uh, to a certain level, and you say, oh, I want to start helping other people. I'd like to see that more alongside of him doing movies, like doing what he wants to do. I thought People's was fun. I liked it. He gave some an, an up and coming artist a new a new a, a chance to shine, and I thought it was a good movie. I not to you know I had a good time watching Temptation. Mm-hmm. That was his. You know I'm not gonna I I my default is not to like him, and I pick poke fun at him, but. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a fan of his at all. But mm-hmm. the thing is, though, if I'm, I'm just saying, if that's what he wants to do, cool. Yeah. But what, what I think a lot of people fail to realize is that even if he were to give people money for movies, there are people that he thinks are talented. There are people that he believes have something to say, and a lot of those movies are going to turn out and be kind of in the same vein as mm-hmm. what he does already. So you know, while people, it's kind of like how. Tom Hanks is in Saving Private Ryan and Tom Hanks produces war movies. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you know, to me, it, I, it, it, when black people say this about Tyler Perry, it feels like if someone were to go, I get that Tom Hanks wants to do these, produce these war films and all this stuff and he's going out and doing, but it, I really think he needs to do more comedies or something. And I'd be like, well, Tom Hanks don't want to do that shit. Like, this is his shit and this is what he's gonna stick to and uh, you know if they're like, well he needs to bring in an, another director because i'm kind of tired of tom hanks's uh directing skills I, I would be like yeah i i don't think he has to do that like he doesn't want to and you know if he wants to fine but if, if he, he wants to continue to put out shit movies um fine they're making money and that's all that matters yeah i like i really um i feel like the whole reason that we kind of started the podcast was because I don't think people owe anybody anything. No. So you go make your platform, build it yourself, and it's yours to do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yes, you can. And if people, you know, we've had people approach our show and be like, uh, well, you know, if I had a, a public platform, you have a responsibility to do blah, blah, blah. And I say, like, fuck no. you. I, you didn't build shit. That's why, I, you know, yeah, go you, build your yeah, own shit. Ain't that and the truth. You want your voice to be heard. Yeah. Be publicly responsible to some other motherfuckers, but not, that's not what I want to do with this show, you know? And I feel like the same way with a lot of creative people where it's like they don't owe anybody anything unless that's what they believe in. So I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I just think. It's almost like I'm just alluding to the fact that it would be nice to see more black voices. Yeah. The onus, the onus on is on me to say, well, maybe Chris, you need to do some shit. You know, you can do it, Chris. I believe in you, dog. You can do it. Thanks, Dad. You can go get you a get you look, man. There's a lot of independent uh, white women (laughs) with like different colored hair that might wear glasses or look somehow not traditionally attractive but you know it, it in that setting but maybe like in, in they really are attractive and they can go on to do real movies and stuff later mm-hmm. you got to yeah. catch them on the ground floor brother start filming your movies now get, get your melancholy on right now and then yeah, and then yeah. then you can you know what i'm saying get your amateur film on and boom now we got all kinds of independent 
films uh that are revelations uh with performances all over the place yeah it's it's true i mean i need to i need to get my life together yeah dye a couple chicks hair purple man put some <laughs> put some of those big ass malcolm x glasses on them make them work in the bookstores you know give them a quirky job and uh get to making some rom-coms dog you got the comedian comedian part down already i, yeah, I feel like this perfect. could happen man uh karen i'm sorry you were supposed to I'm say sorry, karen. Yeah. <laughs> we got away, we got way way off topic but what, oh, that's okay. what were you gonna say karen um i have a few random thoughts my first one this happened to us like i won't say last week or the week before last and let me know if i'm going crazy we me and roger had got up and we had went to harris teeter and we had went to harris teeter i had my uh, panthers jersey on and all the old white people lost their goddamn mind. I don't know what happened, but everybody act like that something was wrong. One old, now it's about, what, 10 minutes till one. And one old dude walked up to me. He was talking about, well, baby, if you need to get to the game, um, you, you, you um, you need to go on about your way. I was looking at this like, mister, if I was going to the Panthers game, I would not be standing in Harris T to buy chicken wings. I would be at the Panthers game. And then one old lady, she was walking around and she was like, Everybody got on them jerseys thing is I don't know what's going on with is the game. I mean, I, I like confuse all the old white people. Yeah, I don't think the people were confused at all. The people were just wishing Karen <laughs> a happy game. She had a Panthers jersey on. It was a Panthers game they day. Me. They had a home game and they thought maybe we were going to the game. It was ridiculous though because it was like twelve forty five that we were in this store and the game started at one. It's like who the fuck gets to the arena at like one forty five? Yeah, that's all. I was game. confused, but maybe they were confused with the time. But uh, nah, they 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 clearly um were just wishing Karen to have a a, a happy Panther. They were celebrating, you know, the Panthers. It, you know, if you wear a jersey out and it's game day, people assume that you want that team to win. And I do. Yeah, yeah, that's all they were saying was like, "Hey, go Panthers!" And you know, a couple of them did have some issues with knowing the time, but that's because they were old people. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who, who was going to go nap and they was not going to be watching the game. Yeah, so you can't really put that on them. They were just wishing you happy. I feel like you wear a jersey out in public on game day. You are asking people to say something to you. And, you know, I don't believe that you should be street harassed necessarily. <laughs> but this is one of those situations. Old people harassed. This is one of those situations where I have to say, look what she had on. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah. you didn't want people to stare at you. Wear some other shit. But it's Panthers game day in Charlotte, North Carolina. They oh, might have know, to say something. It was all sexual. My bad. <laughs> yeah, they might have to say something. That's not their fault at all. Was there something else you were gonna add? Yes. Um, Roderick. Uh, shout out to Chris from Miss Sandy Chat because Roderick got me some headphones for my Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, because Turtle my, Beach. Yeah, because my I, my Xbox is in the bedroom, and my Xbox has always been in the bedroom, but it seems like because of where we move, we don't have upstairs and downstairs no more. So, Roger could come in, you know, taking a nap, want me to sleep. But guess what I want to do? Play my game. So, we got issues where I want to play my game. I got the sound up because I can't hear it. And he wanted to take a nap or go to sleep. And so, I was like, I tweeted. I was like, hey, I like having my Xbox in the bedroom, which is a good thing. But it's a bad thing because my Xbox is in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when Roger's not there, I was like, I turned it all the way up. And Chris was like, hey, they got some wireless headphones. I was like, word. So Roger had Chris sent him the link. So me and Roger went to uh, Best Buy yesterday. And shout out to Best Buy for having their numbers too close on their um 
No, it wasn't that the numbers are too close. It's my fault. Cause oh, you don't okay. Pick, you don't pick the store by number. I just completely forgot which store I made the pickup at. Oh, okay. So we drove across town and had to drive back, um, cause it was my fault. Um, so don't blame Best Buy for that. Now they have plenty of other issues normally, but yes. that, that wasn't one of them. <laughs> don't you feel like when you go to Best Buy, you kind of feel like a battered wife? Like, you know, they kind of treat you like shit. Yeah. But then you always go back because, like, it's almost like they're the only option. Yeah. I feel like Rihanna's Instagram page, whenever I go over there, <laughs> where it's just going to be like, you know, hopefully something good happens. But today I might be emo. Who knows? Because that's the thing is with Best Buy, they have this level of customer service, service that is low. so uh it is so hit or miss. Yeah. That it actually makes you feel like an accomplishment for getting what they were supposed to do. Right. Yeah. yeah you, so yeah. when you walk out of there, you're like, Oh, I got, uh, I actually got something and it worked how it said. I was supposed to be able to go pick this up. Uh, I walked into the smooth. pickup service. I only had to wait in line yeah. 10 minutes. I got it and I left and nothing happened bad. This was a great trip. That is not a great trip. That is called regular customer service. Yes. And the, and the sad part about it is that here in Charlotte, in order to get good customer service, you literally have to go outside of, of the city. Like you have to go like to Matthews and Pineville, like outside of the city. Uh, and I, I won't say the country, but like further outside of the uh, miles of the city, because out there, the customer service is great. The people's like all on top of you. They staffed high, you know, everybody, yeah. they, the people looking for you be like, Hey, Hey, you look lost. Can I help you? But you go to the ones in the inner city, they look like, um, you, you want to, don't ask me no questions. You're like, come on, dog. Karen, you're absolutely right. Because, uh, I, I grew up in Maryland, in PG County. And my mother, when we would go to the mall, when I had to take her out, we would never go to a mall in PG County. We would go to Northern Virginia. We go to Pentagon City. We go to Tyson Corner. All the DC, all the DC people that listen to this junk, you know, they know that shit. You, you know? know what's funny though? If Best Buy does, I mean, if if Amazon.com gets that one day shipping thing they're working on done, yeah, it's a wrap for Best Buy. Oh yeah, it is. Cause I, cause it really should not make me feel lucky to get what I was promised. Yeah, say that again. It really should not. Like I gave you money, you give me a thing. Yes. End of discussion. And I've been in too many situations where I like, I've been to a Best Buy before where it's like, come pick your shit up. You know, I go, cause I normally do the online like pick up, pick up at the store shit because I got tired of trying to shop for it, and then a lot of times they're understaffed mm-hmm. now because they don't have enough, they don't hire enough people. Mm-mm. So if yeah. you go there looking for like a microwave, you'll fucking be there for three hours just hoping for someone Somebody to make to see you. eye contact with you so you can get some help. Um, yeah. like a, like a kidnap victim or some shit where you just like, <laughs> ah, somebody help me, please. help me, yeah. help me. Y'all see me, y'all see me locked in, 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 in the frozen food section, not know what the hell going on. Help me. Yes. And that's even more disturbing because they're not supposed to have a frozen food section. No, they not. You'd so, be amazed. Yeah. You're like, I can't believe this is happening. But, um, I went to, oh, I'm, uh, I was gonna, what? Uh, go ahead. I go was ahead. Gonna, I was gonna, I bought a, a steric car stereo from Best Buy earlier this month and I, I, it was it was an impulse buy kind of mm-hmm. like I need I needed one so I went to the movies I was at the movies like on a Friday morning and I went and uh, the Best Buy I was like I'm gonna see what they have I'm just gonna see 
if somebody helps me, I might buy, I might, I'm going to buy it. Right. I'm going to buy something. And I'll go in there. I was like, is anybody working in stereo, car audio? And they're like, yeah, we'll get somebody. I waited for 10 minutes. There's another guy that came. And I was gonna say, oh, we're going to get somebody. And I was going to walk out. I was there for like 10 or 15 minutes. I was going to walk out. And the guy saw me getting ready to walk out. He's like, sir, can I help you? I was like, well, I was like, all right. All right, let's help me with this. And I ended up buying it. They installed it. And it was just like, damn, you know, I almost walked out. And I, I, and I felt bad for not walking out and spending my money. I just, just felt this weird you know, this weird thing, like I gave them my money. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and it was like they were being assholes. And it's just like, <laughs> and I was like, I spent this money on a product that I like and I, I'm happy with it, but I still kind of feel like shit. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, you're like leaving a relationship. You're leaving in the car yeah. with the volume turned up and your new system and you still kind of feel like you're listening to Drake no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's like the girl that <laughs> like shit and you still call her back. And right. Feel like Hector, hey, hey, what are you doing? I know you treated me like shit the last time we hung out, but I just, I just want to see what you're doing. What, what are you doing? This is why I fuck with Amazon Prime, man. Yeah, Amazon Prime is free shipping. Yeah. Just there in two days. Like I said, they get the one day shipping shit. It's a wrap, dude. Yeah, we yeah. Won't, we won't be doing we won't be doing that anymore. Won't even have to leave my house to I, deal with that. Yeah, and I, and it sucks. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate like. I think Amazon's dope. I'm a Prime yeah. member, but I talk about this a lot on my show. It's like, I miss going to the brick and mortar store. I miss going into the store and, and see, going to Blockbuster, having a guy say, hey, how can I help you? Remember that movie you liked last time? You might like this one. Have but, you, a relationship. but you know what? You know what? They don't miss you. That's, yeah, well, maybe I need, I'm lonely. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the problem I have they don't miss me like because mm. actions speak louder than words. words yes it does so so it's like if somebody tells you i'm going to you know do what like i i'm going if i my business is going out of it's out of business not enough people come here we're not getting blah 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 i'm like cool right all right let me see it in the fucking actions okay this is like the the dude or the chick that's like i miss you all right cool let's hang out well, I can't do it this weekend, and uh, maybe uh, next weekend. Oh, actually, I'm busy then. Well, what about a Tuesday or something? Uh, well, you know, Tuesdays I have my sewing uh, that I like. It's like, well, you don't fucking miss me at all. That's how I feel yeah. about the, the these stores. Where it's like when best when Blockbuster goes out of business, good. That's why dust was on your shit. You're not as good at customer service. You never help me. Your employees don't seem to know fuck shit about movies anymore. I go in and, you know, I, I'm having issues. You have these weird ass fucking hours about returning shit so that I'm always getting screwed. It's like, yes, just return this by 10.07 a.m. Um, on the seventh day and right. you won't be fined. Uh, you won't be get a fee. Like, I, I think it does matter. Meanwhile, fucking eBay, I mean, uh, Netflix, like, keep the shit forever. We don't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> Return it when you feel like yeah, it. Yeah, so what? I don't feel bad. Best Buy put themselves out of business, not me. That's true. I mean, it's like when you guys were talking with JL and how you guys mentioned that uh, GameStop was probably one of the last places like that where you could go in talk to somebody and, and have knew that what they were talking about because it's yeah. like so because i have respect for myself and my time best buys watch when best buy or whatever has to close a uh, hundred stores Doors. next month it's gonna be yeah. like yeah you know uh it was just that 
the internet and the amazon and things are driving us out of business no what's driving you out of business every time i walk in the best buy there's six people working there for an entire fucking store and i'm like hey uh i want to get this video game well i gotta help someone buy a toaster oven first it's like why are those two people eat why are you even doing both of those things why isn't there a guy who does toaster oven shit and then another motherfucker that does video game shit you know what i mean when i go to customer service why the fuck am i behind a dude who's trying to trade in a motherfucking video game that's not customer service you know y'all are understaffed on purpose it's fucking terrible and a lot of people don't know this on the low best buy gives you more credit for your video games than GameStop. yes they do but it's so hard to to find somebody in there and you guys are better bigger gamers than i am and like and i you know it's like man like I would rather go to GameStop and get raped a little bit. Right. And, and you know, you deal with somebody that's going to take care of you. Like, get out of that industry if you're not, like, Best Buy shouldn't even be in the, the video game resale, rebuy. They shouldn't no. even be in that industry. I understand that it's a, there's a lot of profit in it. But if you're not even going to properly staff it, now you're just slowing up customer service for everybody else. Why the fuck are you doing this? It's stupid, you know? And then when I go, uh, you know what? I'll just buy it on fucking uh, Amazon and it'll be here the day of anyway. Don't get mad at me because I, you know, and Amazon's giving me like blowjobs with every fucking order anyway. Like Uh you can't even order anything on Amazon. Would you like a stripper with this order too? Yeah, you can't even (laughs) order anything on Amazon that didn't come with five or ten dollars back. It's fucking impossible. I've tried. It's it's it like, seems I want, like you bought this Keith Sweat album. Would you like chicken wings to go with yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> We're going to take like a, a gift card from <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. You like Star Trek. We'll take $10 off Star Wars if you want that, too. It's like that. that's all they do. They, the other day they were like, uh, do you want to open up a credit card? I was like, no. They were like, uh, we'll give you $50 for applying for a credit card. I was like, well, fuck yeah. I'll take $53 for applying for a credit card that <laughs> I'm never going to fucking use. It just comes here and I shred it thanks you know you bought bought this gps for your parents because they argue about direction would you like a self-help book for them as well (laughs) (laughs) it is amazing dude it's it's the best thing ever but i'm I'm sorry y'all back to my yeah back to the headphones so we finally got the headphones and by the time we rolled from one side of town to the other side of the town, it it it, 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 it was like watching the uh, Grand Theft Auto countdown to how many seconds you had left. Because me and Roger pulled up with like two minutes to go, so Roger had to like park the car, jump out, and run in the store before they uh before the man clicked out the lights and shut the door. Yeah, we were a team, man. We barely got out of there. Oh, in time. We was on it. Like it was like a heist because we got there at eight fifty nine. And so I pulled up, parked the car right at the like fire where it's like for firemen only and shit. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to go in and go to the pickup service. And Karen's like, okay, uh, I'll do the, uh, I'll, I'll get in the driver's seat. So she gets in the driver's seat and I thought she was going to like circle the block or something, but she just sat there. Um, and I went in, picked up everything. It took like um, two, three minutes tops um because nobody was in there not because they were so good on their jobs but like there were no customers left so i got everything ran out gave her a headphone she hopped back in the passenger seat uh i got in the car and we drove off right before security was driving over to <laughs> yeah, ask to us what the ticket. fuck we were doing um so it was like a big ass heist man i felt good driving off with the police it was like the the movie um who's the movie that starred uh now i'm drawing a blank on his name um ryan gosling what's that movie 
Wait. Uh, drive. Yeah, drive. It was like drive. Because <laughs> it, it was slow. Like it, was slow reset. it was a slow speed chase. You know, it was like that first chase and drive where he just pulled into a parking deck and the police drove right by him. That's how I felt. Like I, I drove off, but I was doing the speed limit in a, in a shopping district, but, uh, it felt like I was getting away with something. Yes. And, and, uh, Drive, a movie that I bought off eBay for 11 bucks when Death Buy was two. Mm-hmm. And they had, let me guess, no one didn't know what movie you were talking about. Uh, no one tried to upsell you on the warranty for the movie in case the disc got a scratch. You'd be able to sell it back one day. Yeah. Yeah. No, none of that. You had to pay mm-hmm. an additional eleven ninety nine for the cost of your yeah. eleven ninety nine because you want to have a warranty. eBay didn't ask you to open up a second line of credit um, that did, could the, help you get the game. Jeffrey in the chat room really hates eBay. Yeah, well, Jeffrey's just a – he likes talking a lot. Okay. Um, um, go ahead, but, Karen. And so, y'all, we finally got home, right? Mm. And so we got home. I finally figured out. Well, Roger helped me, though, because it had, like, it was complex. It had, like, the the HDMI, the plug-in, the plug-out. This one go to the TV. I've never had headphones this fancy before, so I didn't, I didn't really know how to hook it up. So Roger uh, hooked it up, and I turned them on, and I played my video game. And I was playing my Blue Dragon video game. And I heard shit in the video game that I never heard before. I was so uh. confused because I forgot that. Because I, I remember Roger got uh, it for one of his uh, Dead Space. Now, now, the best game ever for headphones is Bioshock. And it will fuck you up. Like, <laughs> it really does feel like so. Because so, the, the sound design is so good. And it's such a creepy underwater, like, town and er- everyone's kind of trying to kill you and whatever and they did so such good jobs with the ad-libs and things in the background that you'll be in a completely different hall but you can hear someone maybe 50 yards away in a different room and they'll just be talking to themselves like oh, shit. Oh, all the kitties are coming to dinner and you're just like what the fuck was that <laughs> like because it's not even shit like i'm gonna kill all it's never like even like they're coming for you or, or gunshots even because like the other the non-playable characters they fight each other they have like their entire own like their their own like they have their entire like own relationships with each other mm-hmm. so they'll be like you know fighting each other in the background and you'll hear gunshots and you'll be like oh shit someone's shooting it's not it has nothing to fucking do with you oh but it's all up in your headphones like it does <laughs> it, I, it was nerve-wracking i uh, like no joke i put that game down for like six months to a year because it was too i was too nervous i was like i can't fucking I'm, <laughs> I'm already a black man living in a city. I can't deal with this kind of extra stress on my life. And you, to hear you guys talk about video games, you guys make me want to be play more. I I do get anxiety attacks on video games sometimes, where it's like I gotta fit like the Tomb Raider. Like mm-hmm. I made it known to my to everybody that listens to the podcast to put it out there to say I need to finish this sixty four dollar game mm-hmm. because I'm wasting money. And the game I'm really excited about now is Beyond Two Souls with my favorite white girl, yes. Ellen Page. A revelation, uh, Ellen Page. A revel- a re- Dude, when <laughs> Jeffrey said I seriously do not like eBay, he, re- he I think eBay did something to his family. He's got, this, <laughs> he's got a Liam Neeson taken vendetta against eBay. 
It's all right, man. All right. Maybe it was just a seller. But Ellen, this game is like motion capture with Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe, even Kadeem Hardison. Like, yeah. From a different world. Finally back. No, my parents love me. They're behind me. Come what may. Like, I always got to do that version. Every I just want to know if they got the motion capture right for him to sit backwards in the chair. Uh, maybe. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I feel like no matter what he does for the rest of his life, in every movie, every video game, he should have to sit backwards in that chair with them flip shades. <laughs> yes, I love the flip shades. <laughs> He's playing a motion-captured magical Negro. From what I can tell, because he helped. It's about this girl that has these telekinesis, telekinetic powers, and and she, it, she, you can control it, all this stuff. But I would say if you have a PS3, check it out. But it just looks like this really moving game, and it's it's like it's really intense, and it's like man, I'm excited about it. So I paid for it. All at one time when I pre-ordered it at GameStop because I was like, you know what, rent. I make sure my rent is paid, and mm. then I'm gonna get this game. I don't have to worry about you know all of that. But I, priorities, I just, like, yeah. So I'm I have to finish this game. You know, like yeah. I can't just be spending all this money and not play. I'm sorry for the tangent. No, that's oh, right. no, oh no, no. You good? And um, something else I wanted to add is the reason why I was just so shocked because I played this game. This is my second run around with this game. The first time I played it, Roger got all my Xbox credit points. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I want my own credit points. So I'm replaying it so I can get my credit points on my Xbox, my achievement points. And so when I put the headphones on, I was like, okay. All of a sudden, I started running. I didn't know when the little dude ran. You heard the shuffling it up his feet. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, yeah. I was like, why have I never heard his feet shuffling before? And then... I would sometimes get caught from behind because it's an RPG game. So sometimes uh, if your enemy bumps into you, your your back will be turned to them when the battle starts. And so now I can literally hit them coming up from behind me. Mm-hmm. Before, I was like, yeah, before, I'd be like, shit, where the hell he come from? But now I'm like, oh, shit, I, I literally hear him moving towards me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it was like a whole new world. I know that might sound crazy. It was like a whole new world, and and even with some of these sound effects, because with this game, you have, like, these blue dragons that are like your shadows. And so at the beginning, each dragon does, like, a special move, and you see, like, one has light, one has fire, one has, like, lightning or some shit. And so at the beginning, when they bring them up, everybody would do these moves, and you would see the light, the fire, and the, the, the whatever. But I didn't know it was sound effects with that. I was like... Wait a minute. I hear fire. Oh shit. I hear lightning. Like like I can't explain it, but it was like a whole new sound track that I didn't even know what the hell was going on. It was greatness. Yeah, the headphones yeah. are dope, man. I I had them before um uh for the other room, but uh it also helps with porn too cuz like you hear oh, shit now? entirely different things in pornography <laughs> that you background. didn't hear before. Like you could hear the set designer eating pizza while mm-hmm. they're you can hear them ordering pizza. Oh shit! In the background. Yeah. yeah, you can like hear. You can hear like the dreams actually dying in the girl's voice when she's giving her pre-interview before no. uh, sucking dick. So it's like, and that's all because you have these headphones now that just add rich details to it. Yeah, that you didn't know what was happening. But like, y'all want some pizza too? 
I know, yeah. I know y'all fucking and shit, but do y'all, y'all want Domino's? They got buy one, get one free. What kind y'all want? Like, if you turn it up loud enough, uh, you're watching one of those videos where the girl, like, uh, if you go to like hoodamateurs.com, which I go to every once in a while, and like, you can hear like the ringtone of the girl's baby father as <laughs> she is sucking that dude's dick. Like, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. And like, I've, this was plenty of times where I've been like, oh man, that is, uh, Anderson Cooper's special on uh in syria the background. so yeah. this must have been filmed a couple weeks ago you know um yeah. all right i did have uh just uh one random thing i guess to to add to the show um i've been watching breaking bad a lot and it's uh very melodramatic um in my opinion um and one of the things that's weird to me and it made me think about like i wonder if it's like this in real life do you guys think that when you kill somebody that there's like this huge difference like morally in you that makes you like stay up at night or like you can't grasp you like it completely changes you fundamentally as a person because like not only Jesse but Walt even in the first season when he had to go kill the dude that he had on the bicycle um lock in the basement of Jason, Jesse's apartment I mean uh house it it clearly like fucked with him real real bad and i was wondering like do y'all think that's just a movie thing or maybe or maybe i'm crazy for thinking i wouldn't feel that way if i had to like if i had made my mind up like i'm gonna kill this motherfucker i don't know that i would be just like sleepless for for days and all that shit maybe i'm overestimating my own ability yeah to sympathize because i just keep feeling like once you just once you decide to be like i'm a murderer motherfucker that's it you like you can't be you you don't get to be both you don't get to murder someone and be sitting around like i'm still a good person and uh because for some people that's literally a struggle i know that might sound weird mm -hmm. like for some people they might like like with chris they might they might shoot you but they look at the taxi cab driver with the photo and be like well i can't shoot him Mm. you know yeah. and so i think for some people it's um a battle in, in, in their minds and in their hearts because most people want to be considered good people and they go well i know i did some fucked up shit but my line is right here like everybody draws their moral lines at different places yes you are a murderer right. but i'm not gonna kill a dad with kids yes like, I'm a murderer, okay but I'm so not like kill kids for like for example like i'm pro death penalty right mm -hmm. and then people are like well uh you know it, it's easy to say you're pro death penalty but like if you had to be the one to pull the lever on the electric chair you would feel differently about it because then you'd be taking a life and i don't think so i would love to pull the lever on the electric chair for a motherfucker that i think shouldn't even be on this earth anymore like i would love to be the one that was like it was me y'all shake my hand congratulations <laughs> we don't have to deal with this murderous lascivious motherfucker for the rest of e eternity because he's gone now and that was me yeah and like i said to me everybody views life and death and who has the right to take it and who don't everybody views that very very differently and so to me it's all where your moral compass is and how your moral confidence moves and what moves it and what doesn't mm -hmm. because for a lot of people they like i don't want that responsibility in my hands i don't want to have to deal with and live and be up every day thinking about i took somebody else's life hmm, this is weird I, to me i think i, I, think I, could I do would it. feel the same way i mean it i would feel sick about it i mean i i think with breaking bad there's a whole camp 
there's a morality police over yeah. a fucking TV show. Yeah. And and where where it's it's called Breaking Bad. It's about a guy, a school teacher that's supposed to become Scarface. Like, right. That's what the creator said. Mm-hmm. So it's it just speaks to the talent of Brian Cranston for making a monster giving a, a monster humanity. Well, not just and, that. I mean, it's the director, oh, no, the directors, the writers, um, the it's acting, all, it's, like, it's every, it's all of that. But yeah. I'm just saying that's, that's why people like Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. You're root, but it's like certain people are saying, Oh, Walt is this guy. Yes, he's a fucking monster. He yeah. is, you know, he, he is. And, and, but, but then there's people say, Oh, I, I, I care about Jesse. I like, Jesse killed niggas too. He killed people. Yeah, I don't feel the sympathy for anyone except really like Hank. And, uh, I actually yeah. feel sympathy for Skylar too. Um, and, uh, it weirded me out to find out that so many people didn't like Skylar. Uh, cause yeah. I, I just feel like that's misogyny run amok. Like that's just, it is. that's, that's just people are so used to the characters of women in movies being about spoiling everybody's fun. Wait, did you say no spoilers, Chuck? Um, okay. All right. We'll see how that works out for you. Um, but, um. Did we spoil anything? Yeah, we haven't spoiled anything. Mm-hmm. No, like, you haven't. I, I think we've been talking generally, yeah. guys. Yeah. Calm, calm down. Most um, people are further on, they further ahead than Roger. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, everybody's ahead of, ahead of me. I can spoil it for anybody unless they're way behind. Um, but, uh, oh, for me. Okay. I got it. Thanks, man. But yeah, I, I feel like with, with like Scholar and shit, she got kind of dragged into this, um, slowly, um, because of Walt. You know what I mean? Like it, she had a point where she could have just went to like the fucking feds or something and yeah. she got right up to the doorstep, flipped a coin and then like did best two out of three and then went home. But, <laughs> But, yeah, but, but Walt is the catalyst for everything that happens on the show. Like right, he's the, right. He's the watchmaker. It, but it feels like people just say, well, because you're the main guy, I have to root for you. No, but I do. I don't think you have to. I yeah, think but no, I, I think I think people in general have that because of how we, because of how stories have been told to us throughout our lifetime, throughout the history of humanity, Everyone has a default setting inside, which is you root for the guy who is the main character of something. That is people's oh, default setting. And this kind of goes against that. And a, a, a few shows have tried to do this in the last few years. The Shield did it excellently. Um, yeah. you know, but it's that transition between like, now that this motherfucker is going way too far, mm-hmm. when that's when people start going, I don't think I like this guy. I'll, and maybe because I just watched it all in one, you know, like month yeah, or whatever. Yeah, broken up into years. There's never been an episode where I like Walt. Well, like I, well, dude, like, it's, I want it's him to reason, die. It's a reason I don't want him to die. But there's a reason you have valid reasons for you to not like him. There's, yeah, there's so many. I want but him then, to die, dog. I want him to die as uh, like he's a terrible human being. And if I read an article about Walt on this show, just his crimes. Every last one of us would be like, that motherfucker needs to die. He is terrible. He's killing motherfuckers. His kids are dying and shit behind this. And everybody would be like, yes, why is this dude not getting a death penalty? 
but because you make a tv show out of it it's like well you know he had his reasons and you know i mean if you get cancer yeah. everybody gets cancer you don't get to kill people because you get fucking cancer <laughs> and nobody everybody doesn't have access to millionaire billionaire friends that will pay for your fucking cancer treatment and give you a job you prideful arrogant ego maniacal son of a bitch well that's it that's because pride pride is the reason why he's in the situation that he's in pride is the reason why he you know he's he's a that's a character flaw well just because just because but that's the thing because i can understand it don't make it a he need to die dog he needs to i explain to me why he don't need to die chris well well i'm i i'm not saying it's the same reason why how i feel about black quarterback is the same i empathize <laughs> i empathize for him i think you know it's just like training day and i think when denzel was doing this uh I think the first thing he said he wrote on the script for Training Day was the wages of sin is death. And so Alonzo has to die because he's an asshole or yeah. whatever. You know, like he's a horrible guy. Um, why I root for Walt, I, I don't know, I was talking to Maranzio Vance, a, a comic, uh, and I worked with him a few times. He was saying about Breaking Bad, I've never rooted for a white man to succeed so much this guy is doing these despicable oh, things. Oh, because he's talking about Hank. Yeah, I'm rooting for Hank to succeed a lot, oh, man. No, 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 that no, dude no. survived getting shot, all kinds of shit, man. And that dude knows that Walt is evil, man, and he needs to be taken up off this earth. So yeah. But even even the creator, even the creator said he's sick of Walt. Mm-hmm. I, I, you're not caught up yet, but I'll, yeah. I'll just say I'm like three episodes behind. I think. I'll, I'm just. I'm just saying it's a it's it's I root for the guy because I don't know maybe he's like because you're you're I, sick because you're sick I'm in the head. Sick. Well, I know I'll admit to that. Yeah, but I'm just saying on the <laughs> on the point of the show is just like he's he's a horrible guy, but he's like the underdog of horrible guys. He's like the Rudy of horrible he, dudes. He is a sniveling bitch, man. Like every time he thinks something like shit is over his head he's about to get axed or something bad's gonna happen he never he's always turns into this like fucking uh i just wanna uh, i mean i think maybe even when he went down fucking um uh even when he went down to hank's house in that fucking basement and shit i mean the garage uh-huh. and, and even then he's still like begging and shit like He's just such a bitch, man. Like he'll and, and it's always so fake. He's always trying to play everybody with these angles. He's not a real person. He's a great actor. Yeah, Walt, in the Walter in the White show, a, Walter White is a great actor. He became a great actor. He throughout. became yeah. You see yeah. this evolution or de-evolution of this guy, and then and, and again, like but a lot of psychopaths are. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer complete co- convinced the police that a naked escaping tied up black kid that was drugged was just his boyfriend uh who uh got a little too loose during a sexual escapade and they let him go they let him take this young black man back and be eaten psychopaths just because you can are i don't know i can't relate to you guys i hate y'all all i don't understand yeah. how the <laughs> fuck this dude is any type of anybody's hero and why this dude does not need to die this is oh i don't think he's my he's not my hero but just within the he need the, to die chris so he's he's an anti-hero he's he's uh i don't think i want him to get away with it like he's coming back for something i think within these last 
the last three or four, the last two episodes that have aired, you've kind con- there's there's an element of humanity that's coming out. Uh, yeah. that I don't want to spoil too much. Okay. Well, I, I will be, I will have watched them by the next time we talk anyway, but, yeah, but niggas, just, that nigga need to die, yo. It just, it just speaks to the talent of the actor that's causing so much conflict. If he was, a, if the show wasn't that good or if he wasn't as good of an actor, you would probably, we wouldn't be arguing about. There yeah, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even you know debating I mean? that. I don't think anyone would debate that. I don't even think anyone thinks he can't, he's not, if no one saw this kind of performance coming from Brian Cranston, so I don't think anyone would be able to debate that he's not killing it. And I think even the um characters that are there for um uh you know secondary roles are are great. You know, all around, like no, yeah. it's a great it's a great show all around. But yeah, I'm not arguing the greatness it. of the show at all. Just sit strictly that Walt need to die and I can't understand anybody that doesn't want that. Um let's move on. We have articles. Walt lives, hashtag. I hope he dies. Um <laughs> fifty nine people speaking of killing uh were killed in a Kenyan mall attack and forty nine people are missing. Apparently terrorists oh, struck Nairobi, Kenya. Um and uh apparently I guess there's still or a uh there's still a standoff going on there's a the people are still reporting that there's still shots being fired um i don't know if it's over yet i mean that was 11 minutes before we started the show uh the kenyan military remains in a tense standoff with islamic extremists sunday as the toll rose to 59 dead including children and 175 wounded in an attack in an upscale mall a kenyan minister said Multiple barrages of gunfire erupted Sunday morning from inside the building where hostages were, are being held by militants. Radicals attacked the mall Saturday and remained inside through the night. Kenya's oh, Red Cross said in a statement citing police that 49 people have been reported missing. Officials did not make an explicit link, but that number could uh, form the basis of the number of people being held hostage. Uh, the priority is to save as many lives as possible, said Joseph Linku. Uh, reassuring the families of the hostages in the upscale Westgate Mall. Kenyan forces have already rescued 1,000 people, he said. Uh, and, you, and you see, I blame Best Buy. You should have had better customer service, then mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had to turn around and shoot the whole damn place up. Yep. Uh, that's they would have gone to Amazon. This would have never happened. Ever happened. Yep. I didn't know they had upscale malls in Kenya. That speaks to my, me being a xenophobic asshole. Yep. But the fact is like they have an upscale mall. Like what does that mean? Do they have like one Dunkin' Donuts or something? Does that make it? I don't, I don't know. It, that, that shit sucks. Yep. Uh, people don't talk their feelings out. They cry bullets now. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's well, according to this, it's ten to fifteen attackers. This sounds more like a terrorist thing than a, a group of people is, than yeah. a, than a, even like a you know emo teenager that had access to a shotgun uh, type like American crime. This sounds like a coordinated terrorist attack. Yeah, they they got together on this one. Yeah, um, well, somebody think, didn't get hugged enough, and somebody didn't go to somebody's cricket practice. Yeah, probably. Play. Yeah, that, that seems like viable reasons for terrorism to me. Yeah, they got all got on the Facebook chat. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say it's about U.S. foreign policy or the way that we, uh, you know, handle things overseas. Oh no, ten to fifteen attackers remain in the mall, and Kenyan forces control security cameras inside the shopping center. 
combined military and police forces surround the mall in westland's neighborhood of nairobi which is frequented by foreigners and wealthy kenyans an associated press photographer saw kenyan soldiers carrying into the mall a rocket propelled grenade (gasps) an extremely heavy weapon for an indoor hostage situation um, oh, do you think they had just played Grand Theft Auto before they went in there? Uh, that sounds like more of a Call of Duty weapon. Okay, Call of Duty, my bad, wrong um, game. Former Kenyan Prime Minister Raila Odinga told reporters at the mall that he has been he has been told officials couldn't determine the exact number of hostages inside the mall. There are quite a number of people still being held, held hostage on the third floor and the basement area where the terrorists are still in charge. Somalia's Al Qaeda linked rebel group Al Shabaab um claim responsibility for the attack in which they use grenades and assault rifles and specifically targeted non-muslims the rebels said the attack was retribution for kenyan forces 2011 push into somalia and threatened more attacks yeah a lot of times man like terrorism comes from people feeling like marginalized and there's yeah. no way to get back at this bigger entity yes than to use a tactic such as this and you know, a lot of times people are willing to die just to get hurt. Like this is like the last struggle like, for a lot of people. Yeah, this is like yeah, this is like the last attempt to have their shit voiced. It's yeah, when people are like I'm just got up to go to the mall. I didn't right. expect to get shot. I don't have shit to do with the policies yeah. and procedures that you're angry about. This isn't like a bombing of a military base. This isn't you know killing some soldiers like this it not not that those things aren't just as tragic or yes, fucked up but, but this is like literally let's just go to a rich area of the mall and kill a bunch of people uh that just crazy yeah um 19 people including four children died after being admitted to the hospital uh we have at least two critical patients currently one with bullets not lodged near the spine um Ooh. said uh one of the hospital officials um a 38 year old chinese woman was killed in the shopping mall terror attack the chinese embassy in kenya said in a statement sunday her son was injured in an attack and in stable condition in the hospital according to the statement posted on the embassy's website that's crazy take your mom to the mall now your mom's dead you still alive you know or even worse what if he made her take him to the mall true what if they were school shopping and he didn't even want those clothes uh, yeah but mom, i don't want this uniform yeah she's like oh uh, the kids are not going to pick at you. Like, no, I just wish you were dead. And then, bam, there's like, oh, shit, I got he, superpowers. Well, he really didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now you got- yeah, when, I, when I was living in Chicago, I was working at one of these buildings that was a main thoroughfare for for trains and all, big office buildings. And uh, there was a guy that apparently had gotten, felt like he got shafted from uh, from these lawyers, a patent office. And he went up in the building and shot people up. Wow. And he shot those people in that office. And my office was in the, the building and it was crazy, man. It was, just, it was just like the movie where you had the SWAT team come in. The news reporters were there. We stayed, to- we stayed in the office and like they were like, uh, and we saw on the news where they were just like, Oh, they're shooting these people and this is happening. The yes. building's cleared, though. So it's like, no, nah, nigga, we in, still in the building. Like, we're still here. And they just say, everybody's okay. But it's really, it's it's a really uh, horrible thing, even though I wasn't directly affected by it, but I was in that building. Yeah. And it was still, it was it was crazy, man. And you could see the snipers, and I saw them bring the, you know, they killed the, a few people. It was, uh, it happened in 2006. Wow. And, 
Yeah, and I remember one of my buddies called. He's like, yo, because he knew that I lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, dog, is that you? Is that your building? I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, like, wow. it was it was really fucking weird. Did, um, did y'all get to go home early? We did, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, was part, was, was part of you happy that you got to go home early? Did, did y'all have to use PTO time? No, we did. Actually, I think pretty much everybody went to a local bar and, and drank and I had I had theater rehearsal, so wow. I had I had a job to do. That's sad though that everybody like is like thank God that dude killed those people. I I was late on my report today, so <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, um, let's talk about who makes the most money on TV, guys. Okay. What actor do you think makes the most money per episode on American television, Chris? Somebody on a CBS show, maybe. Okay, that's that's a word that 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 is not a name, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm sorry. Like uh, maybe the how somebody on the How I Met Your Mother cast. Okay. Maybe. All right, let's check it out. Number seventeen, Amy Poehler makes two hundred thousand dollars an episode of Parks and Recreation. Okay. Mm. Neil Patrick Harris makes two hundred and ten thousand for How I Met Your Mother. Chuck okay. was right. Chuck Spears. Jason. Oh, well, he's number sixteen. Oh shit! Okay. Jason right. Segel, How I Met Your Mother, two hundred twenty-five thousand. Hmm. Ted Danson, two twenty-five for CSI. David Borneos for Bones, two twenty-five. Shout out to Angel. Mm-hmm. Tim Allen, Last Man Standing, two twenty-five. John Hamm for Mad Men, two fifty. Mm. Michael Weatherly, NCIS, two fifty. Claire Danes for Homeland, two fifty. Angus T. Jones, two and a half men. Three hundred thousand dollars. Damn. For, and he wanted to quit. Yeah, he's the kid. Shit. Simon Baker, the mentalist, three hundred thousand dollars. Jim Parsons, uh, John Galecki, and Kaylee Kuko of The Big Bang Theory, three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars an episode. Ooh. Sandra O, oh, Ellen Pom- Pompeo, and Patrick Dempsey of Grey's Anatomy, three fifty an episode. Mariska Hargitte, Law and Order SVU, five hundred thousand dollars. She's the number one. No, mm, no, it goes higher. Number three, Mark Harmon, NCIS, five twenty-five. Number two, like you're making bids when you go up. <laughs> number two, John Cryer, two and a half men, six hundred thousand dollars, and the number one TV actor per episode is Ashton Kusher, two and a half men, seven hundred fifty thousand. $750,000 per episode. Sparger said it like a couple minutes ago. So Whoever e- Sparger is. Every, so like every two weeks, they, he makes one and a half million dollars that they film. I knew it was a CBS show. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I am so confused because CBS be like, we the most watched something in America. Just all the white people watch it because I don't have shit on my DVR for that for that station. Yeah, I don't either. I think I like what, how I met your mother when I watch it. It's, it's okay, but I just I I lost track. But you know, because I was like, they don't have any anything that I want to watch or that's interesting to me at all. Um, a school had to remove a wrecking ball. Uh, from his property after students tried to imitate Molly Cyrus's naked wrecking ball cover of her bangers CD <gasps> promotion. 
so they had to take it down because students couldn't stop um oprah confirms rumors that she nearly had a nervous breakdown this year about what did she say why let's see media mogul legendary multitasker oprah winfrey has confirmed rumors that she suffered from symptoms of a nervous breakdown earlier this year in a recent interview with access hollywood winfrey explained that overseeing the struggling oprah winfrey network while also filming lee daniels the butler proved to be too much at once i bet you that was the 50 the 59 year old said she realized she was suffering symptoms of a nervous breakdown during an interview with coney 2012 director jason russell she suffered from a very public psychological break i mean he suffered from a very public psychological breakdown last year everybody remembers him running around the street masturbating or whatever naked everybody remembers that as he told Winfrey about it, she said it all sounded rather familiar. She explained her own symptoms. In the beginning, it was just sort of speeding and kind of numbness and going from one thing to the next to the next thing. I will tell you that I realized that I thought, all right, if I don't calm down, I'm going to be in serious trouble. I was in the middle of doing voiceovers, you know. I remember closing my eyes in between each page because looking at the page and the words at the same time was too much stimulation for my brain. In another interview a few weeks later, this time with Fergie, she realized she needed to slow down and was able to regain control. So... Thank God for Fergie, guys. Uh, Oprah might have lost it. Um, Oprah do a lot of shit, though. Chris like, went to go yeah. see Prisoners, and yeah. I, you know, that's a dangerous movie to see. A lot of people are like, don't go see Fruitvale, don't go see, you know, these uh, hard, these these black violent movies and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. Let me tell you something. It get real in the Prisoners filming all right brother um a scuffle between two patrons at a tigard movie theater apparently caused fears of a gun and sparked panic inside friday police say no arrest was made no one was hurt said jim wolf because everybody involved was white (laughs) the problem involved uh the people involved were not identified officers were called out around 6 10 p.m to regal cinemas to investigate a report of a gun inside no evidence of any weapon was even found. According to Wolf, what happened was a man urinated on a 14-year-old boy sitting near him during a showing of prisoners. <gasps> which oh, is so ironic. Is the pee-pee boy then. Well, it's our, yeah, he is now. Uh, the, it's ironic, though, because um, it's a movie about kids getting kidnapped. And here's a man peeing on kids and shit. Aww. The boy was in the theater with his sister, mother, and father who confronted the other man. So he didn't even pee on a solitary 14-year-old. He peed on a kid that was with company. Oh, and they was like, mm, you got your dick out. And you, you peeing on my child. Yeah, you got to fight. I mean, because yeah, I feel like. you have an option to fight. Yeah, I feel like if you peed on a stranger, a strange 14-year-old boy that I didn't know and I was in the theater, I'd just move a couple seats down. But if you yeah. pee on my son, well, them was fighting pisses right that's yeah that, that's a fighting stream and then under that mm-hmm. all bars are off your dick is out so everything that's open uh is at hand for me to kick and mm-hmm. punch and hurt you during the commotions so, yeah go ahead chris your, that's a weird movie to pull your dick out right yes especially like, if you pee on a kid a child like it's not like that that's an intense movie it's not like you pulled your dick out watching like loveless or something. Mm-hmm. but like just any i don't know man like if this was black swan i get it okay they yeah. were they were munch- <laughs> they were munching on each other five ten minutes i get it you gotta pull a dick out you um, own that movie for that scene exactly the boy was in the theater with his sister mother father in front of the other man during the commotion someone close to the two yet struggled 
to the two struggling Millie and yelled gun and other moviegoers fled it was merely a misinterpretation of the situation by someone he said the man who allegedly peed on the child told officers he drank alcohol before going to the movie that makes sense he was escorted out <laughs> no it doesn't a lot of people drink alcohol and don't piss on children can i understand that but that sounds like an action of somebody that was drunk oh this 14 year old boy looks like a urine let me piss on him he was escorted out and banned from the cinema. The boy's family decided not to pursue charges after they were given two free tickets to something else. Two free tickets? That don't even cover the four people that went. Mm-mm. I, I made, pay no. for everybody. I made, I made up the ticket thing, guys. Okay. okay. That's not normal. Oh, I'm, about to say. <laughs> I'm about to say, every, every, everybody going to get a free ticket. Well, you know, sometimes you got a kid that looks a little like a urine on. You know that shit when you left the fucking house. So. Yeah, that, that's, you know what? And you know what? What, what a what did that child have on and b was that child being pissy before they left mm-hmm. well he was pissed off and pissed on then <laughs> yes uh drake's nothing was the same as al how you enjoying it chris it's not for me uh i listened to it uh i was just like it's, i think drake is a talented guy but it's, it's just not for me he doesn't make music for okay um, I just saw this funny article. I'm not going to read the whole thing really because we don't have time, but, um, ABC News, ABC News wrote an article rating and reviewing the Drake album okay. and they rated every song in teardrops. Oh, oh, oh shit. That's that sounds like something Brandon and it would do. Oh, man. It, exactly like what Brandon and it would do. Of course. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Like here's one. Woo. <laughs> Wu-Tang Forever. Actual members of the Wu-Tang Clan already dissed this song for not actually relating to the group. So don't come to this track hoping for some kind of tribute. Well, beyond a sample of the actual 1997 Wu-Tang song, it's yours. Lyrically, it's a tribute of sorts, but to long-standing on and off relationship Drake has had with late, with a lady since the days of Wu-Tang. That's nice. But the most attractive thing about this track is that minimalist boom bap beat, especially the melancholy piano part samples from Zodiac's Lost Configuration. Teardrop rate, uh, three. He doesn't sound that tormented. So you know what? I think ABC News has an in, a black intern. Yes. Is, cause that's that. tuned in to black Twitter. Like there's no way. It was written by someone named, oh, uh, Ariel Castillo. Uh, and it appears to be a woman, a white woman too, or maybe Latino woman that has very blonde hair. So, um, yeah, but this is just hilarious, man. The own it got five teardrops. Oh shit. Finally, we have some total Drake emo-ness overload from the get go where he intones, you're still the one that I adore. Then wait for it. Next time we fuck, I don't want to fuck. I want to make love. Yes. Once you're done drying up your own tears of laughter, enjoy the beat. I like to shout out to the journalist at the end. Hi, BB. Teardrop rating five plus, plus some. Have a tissue. So. <laughs> and yeah, I heard on it and I don't, I, this is one, like when I heard on it, I was just like, this is why I just don't understand certain people. Like, there's no way I would ever be caught dead listening to this shit it for any reason like you know what i mean like there's just no like there's no reason to be playing this shit and going like yeah that's my jam next time girl i don't want to fuck i want to make love because you own it and the dude the dude that he's patterned since he calls himself patterning himself after 
Fonte, uh, yeah. I would say check out, if you're in your 30s, <laughs> check out Love and Flying Colors by mm-hmm. The Foreign Exchange. Uh, cause that's a dope album. That just can't, I, it comes out on Tuesday officially. Um, I pre-ordered it, but it's great. Like, it's just a fun album. It's good. Real shit. Oh, cool. He back to being fun again. Uh, Fonte on yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's more, it's more, um, it's more upbeat than the last, uh, yeah. Char- charity yeah. starts, charity stars at home was like the Walter White of rap for me. Really? I, I couldn't respect that shit. You didn't like it? No, it's too fucking bitter and, and, and sad angry. and angry about no. shit that oh he did. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, absolutely, yes. I, I vehemently disagree. Nah, yeah. it, that shit is all he, like, angry damn, at my wife. wife. Yeah, because of my wife, I can't fuck bitches and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why'd you get married, nigga? That's your fault. Why is yeah. this even about your family at all? But then he has this song about it's going to be a beautiful night. I think that's just a conflict. I don't think he... I don't think he uh he said he says at the end of that record like he's going home nothing stays open yeah but, yeah but that's that's hey, one of the reasons it's a bad record to me uh that that's I, not my favorite record because it's, it's, like, it's resentful and it's bitter and then at the end he's still gonna go home to this misery and i don't re- support or respect that and i don't feel like that's part of being a man and i don't feel like anyone should have to settle for that in their relationship i don't know i think go back and listen to it man he made bad decisions and now it's somehow you know i'm supposed to relate to him feeling burdened for it and even dudes that like really swear by that album i'm always like is your like marriage all fucked up or something like does your wife know that this is your favorite album because it's really a anti-family anti-woman album like like fuck i can't i can't fuck this yeah i can't fuck these other bitches because of you that's right like it's not it's not good Mm-mm. um i like the album uh more along the lines of because it's about a guy that i think i i just finished saying this on my show it's just like to me he's making music for uh what it's like to be in every man i think i, I don't think he cheats on his wife i think it's it's conflict he's conflicted uh i don't know that he he talks, I don't know, he talks about the ups and downs of relationships. And just as far as like, not even that, but just career wise about what he's, what he's doing, like how you start, you can, you make your own lane. And he says like, I don't want a kingdom. Uh, you could, what is, uh, don't want a kingdom, just don't have a home. You could take a seat or you could take the throne. It's him setting his own path. He talks about yeah it has some bars like that but even in that song a lot of that is almost like resenting of just the level that he's gotten to where it's like i'm I'm not i'm not famous enough i'm not making enough money and to some extent i understand why people would be turned off by that because it's like nigga you still fonte you still like are doing something you love for a living that many many millions of other people are trying to do and will never even come close to where you're at in life they'll ne- they won't be able to have a fucking acura or a house or a family off of the money they make from rap i think he's still i think he's he's great he should be more famous i can understand i don't think i can understand why he could be resentful but i just didn't take it as like him being this is like i'm upset about my life i mean because 
you got that charity starts at home, and then you have the foreign exchange, which is just comes out if it if it's venting, he does it well. Uh, if it's he's, I think he expresses the conflicts that he has uh, in his life, and he puts them out there. Uh, so I think regardless of how, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, I'm uh, yeah. So I guess yeah, I'm a fan of Fonte too. I just think I, the album is bitter and resentful and angry. Yeah. Hmm. I gotta listen to it with those with that because it's it's weird because he's his, he's got his own business mm-hmm. and I'm sure he of course he wants to be like I think of course he wants to be where at a higher level but I don't know I think he's kind of uh, mm, is he content he's not content. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with having both feet on the ground until you look around and realize that you are bound. Realize that you have drowned in a sea of security that leads to complacency. Now tell me how that sound. You tell me how you found your way back to the turnout when your love flames burn out. Now your whole house looking smoky like the teardrops of a clown. Just want to live in peace, (laughs) but can't show too many teeth because she'll take shots at your crown. Pow, another shot, another man down, but I'm back on my Modi shit. How you like me now? Back on my public speak shit, talking to the crowd, standing tall, front and center when I'm wish, when I'm finished, take a bow. Um, yeah, and that is in the song Ball and Chain. Yeah, my ball and chain, uh, cause he says she doesn't need to, it was in a line that says she licks my wounds and then cuts me deep. Yeah. I think, I think there's a dichotomy of, of how it makes him feel like she's this this yeah. great person at the I'm same sure, time. I'm sure his wife loved to hear this when when he I, was playing it. Now I'm sure that's why they got divorced. Did they get divorced? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. I didn't know that. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean it's it makes sense. How can you change. not listen to this album yeah. and be like this nigga has a terrible fucking relationship? It is so obvious. It's not working out well. Whatever the fuck yeah. is going on, he, he resents was, his kid. He, he resents his, his wife. wife he resents it, fucking uh, his, his station whole, in rap. And yeah, like, he made it's a, a resentful whole, ass album. Yeah, he made a whole album about it. And niggas was like, I co-signed. You were like, what's fucked up about your relationship if you co-sign this bitter, angry nigga? Now, am I saying that it's not a valid feeling for someone? Other people have felt this emotion. Yeah, sure. But do I have to fuck with this album off of it? No. no. Is oh a, no, I'm not saying. That, uh, niggas I have called. Niggas I, have looked at their girlfriend, their ex girlfriend's Facebook relationship statuses, and passive aggressively liked them in the past too. But that doesn't mean I have to listen to Drake. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Welcome to Charity Starts at Home intervention. <laughs> I didn't know that. That I didn't know he he literally got divorced from his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Uh he you don't follow him on Twitter? This nigga did like a whole week of just shit is fucked up, shit ain't working out, this is what's wrong with uh, women. I do follow him on Yeah, Twitter. he been doing that this ain't this is what's wrong with women shit all like Oh the, yeah, like I just thought, wow, I didn't fucking know. I'm a I'm a bad fan. I yeah. I wow, I he did have yeah. As now that you mention it, like last week he was talking about relationships and stuff. Yeah. Well, I still think, well, that's where he was at at that time in his life, and I applaud him for putting himself out there. Uh, but uh, I still think he's great. Um, he's. Uh, it doesn't I, make him not great because I disagree with his take on the album, man. Just for the record, no, 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 I just, I'm not saying I, I, that. I didn't know all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, and I'm gonna look, listen to it with uh, 
with different ears, but I think most of the songs that I actually pay attention to is Dance in the Rain, mm-hmm. the second record when he's talking about his job. Because that's shit that I can relate to. I can't relate to the marriage stuff yet, but I can relate to like him wanting to be at a higher station in life, the struggle, the reality of not, like, I'm not balling, but this is, I'm doing my thing, and who loves you more about uh, being uh, conflicted with family and, uh, you know, and the record that he has with, um, uh, what is it, We Go Off, with, uh, mm-hmm. like, I love the verse on that. Like, so I just, you know, come on, L Brothers Media. That That's what I can relate to. And I understand, like, where you guys are coming from. So, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, wow, guys, one of my favorite artists is going through some shit. Yeah. I gotta- it's all right. It's just one album. He was going through some things. Um, well, hopefully. But what I was saying with the Foreign Exchange, it's a good album. Yeah. That's it. I didn't know we got. Yeah. Oh, no, well, no, I was asking no, if he was happy again because I'll probably listen to that one if he's it seems back. Like it is. Like it's a, it's a more just just taking the foreign exchange rep albums, like the four studio albums. It seems like there's more uh, buoyancy, and it's like uh, like that. Uh, it's air. It makes you feel good. It makes you want to dance. It's just like I think he makes. They make music that grown men can sing in their car without feeling like less than a dude you yeah. know without we still feel manly i agree so I, I like i yeah. said i don't have any ill will towards the dude just i don't can't fuck with charity stars at home too much but you know i get it man he he went through a time man he you know it, shit was going bad he had to put it on on disc for everybody to listen to to understand that um he was he was having a time, man. I, I, I listen to lyrics, which is my gift and my curse. I can't not ever listen to people's lyrics. So I pick up on shit and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Wait, hold up. Fine. Nigga, what? Like, <laughs> like it was one of those moments because he's a lyricist. So it's in there if you want to hear it. Um, speaking of being in there, if you want to hear it, let's play some games, guys. Cool. We got to play some, uh, fucking with black people. Um, so let me play that first. We just fucking with them black people. We just fucking with them blacks. Fucking with. We fucking with black people. That's right. Today's uh, game, uh, fucking with black people, is being played by uh, parentingblogs.nytimes. That's right. The New York Times is has a parenting blog. And uh, they said, hey, you know what we need to do? Fuck with some black people. So uh, <laughs> let's look at today. They got on board too. Nikissia Drayton is uh the person who is deciding to uh to to do the fucking with black people um today for the new york times she says will a black quote-unquote black name brand my son with mug shots before he's even born (laughs) of course she didn't know this yes Mm -hmm. my son will look like trayvon martin he hasn't even been born yet i don't even know his name but that's one thing i know for sure the father of my children of my child recently told me of his wish to name my son Keon K E I O N after his childhood best friend. I, I was nothing short of horrified in my opinion. Keon is identified as a black name. My two best friends politely asked in unison, "Didn't you think it sounds too ethnic? Uh, don't you think it sounds too ethnic?" And I can't forget my brother's blunt, stinging remark. Hell no, way too ghetto. You guys need to 
revisit the baby books oh why is the why is the buzzer sound playing oh i'm gonna say did we play that our way to the end of something my bad (laughs) sorry about that guys um maybe that's the buzzer on that black name (laughs) yeah it was like no keon yeah (laughs) you want him to work at a law firm (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah man so um i'm not even gonna read all this but she goes on for paragraph after paragraph and here's the thing what's gonna put your son on a path to prison and give him mug shots before he's even born is you being a shit-ass parent that's pretty much what you just like pretty much universally across the board gets kids to have lots of promise and hope put in prison is not taking care of your fucking kid uh the police aren't going to plant drugs on him because his name is bomani like that 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 has nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give this um a 75 out of 100 only because niggas don't really fuck with the new york times like that anyway yep so you lose Um, 25 points because of that yeah no one's really gonna read this uh for the most part nope uh though those who do read it will be fucked with um so that's a 75 out of 100 for fucking with black people uh good job nikesia uh that's right her name is nikesia also and she's writing this article for the new york times <laughs> but keon will have mug shots before he's even born come on now there's a keon dueling mm-hmm. play basketball yep i just i'm just saying i want you to understand what i'm saying chris her name her name is, is nikesia drayton writing for the new york times but Keon, too far. That's ghetto. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> the least ghetto name. Like, oh man, who the fuck are her friends? By the way, who go Nikesia? Hell no. Keon is way too ghetto of a name. Now Nikesia, I yeah. like that. <laughs> that's a cute name. <laughs> right. I would take her to an indie movie, and oh, I man. would take her to a Jesse Boykins concert. <laughs> I, like I like i like her oh man she put the name in a google image like search and to her surprise her computer screen loaded with images of african-american young men posing for their mug shots so that's like a her name is almost like a, a porn star's real name that they wouldn't have to change like a black porn yeah star. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've probably jacked off to a few Nikesias at some yeah. point. I but guarantee you have. With just like a different last name, like maybe a fashion brand or something like Nikesia mm-hmm. Gucci or something. <laughs> ha- hash- hashtag butt Right. <laughs> With a question mark at the end. Alright, we gotta play some guess the race, man. So let's get into that. Now that it's time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guess the race time. That's right, guys. Guess the race time. That's right. It's time for Guess the Race, the number one game sweeping all of podcast land where we play dip, play or read different news articles from across the globe. And we ask our guest on our podcast and the chat room, who is racist and plays along, to guess the race of the people involved. Chris Lambert, comedian, extraordinaire, and podcaster. Are you ready to play some Guess the Race? Yes, I am, Rod and Karen. All right. Let's get right into it, <laughs> shall we? Um, apparently, um, a mom got accused of leaving her kids all alone 
uh so she can go have a good night so let's uh see if we can play the audio for this one uh, i believe this is an audio clip oh uh, let me refresh this um <clears throat> yeah but let me see if i can play the clip for this guys uh this happened in georgia not florida so everybody calm down Oh, Not picking on your state. New at five, seven children ages three months to 10 years old were found alone living in a Tucker motel room. Detectives <gasps> say they didn't have any food, but the kids managed to keep their youngest sibling fed with baby formula. Channel 2's Ryan Young talked with detectives and neighbors who are shocked. Neighbors in this extended state motel tell me they can't believe seven, seven kids were left all alone in this motel room. Seven. very upsetting. For days, the kids were here with no one to rely on but themselves. I think the oldest is 10. DeKalb police got calls from motel management saying they needed help. After we got into the room, talked to the kids, the oldest one being 10, that's how we can get in touch with the mother. Uh, we made contact with the mother. The mother was down in Miami, Florida at the time. Uh, we talked to the mother and uh, about the kids, and the kids advised they had been there since Saturday, unsupervised. The kid's mother, 29-year-old Burnett Hester, was arrested when she got back from Miami. All seven are okay, but they are so young. They range from just a baby at three and a half months old to a two-year-old boy, another three-year-old boy, a six-year-old boy, a seven-year-old female, and an eight-year-old boy. And that's before the ten-year-old who was left in charge to take care of all those kids. Oh, shit! Myself and my other staff members went and got some food for the kids. Um, we fed them, of course. If a real mother wouldn't do that, exactly. She wouldn't leave her kids like that. No, she wouldn't. Her kids had been in the room the whole weekend while she was out of town. All seven kids are in DFAX custody at this point. That mother still in DeKalb County Jail. Reporting in DeKalb County, Ryan Young, Channel 2 Action News. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, I didn't know she went to Florida. That makes a ton of sense. <laughs> so Florida still got a connection here, they don't do, it? Yeah, they do import ratchet. Um, Chris, guess the race of Bernadette Hester. I'm going to go with black. All right, let's check the chat room and see what they believe the race is here. North American Street Ape. Oh, my. One whose mother named her an evil black name when she was born. <laughs> One who sweats her weave out while twerking the two chains. Oh. Black baby. Ha <laughs> oh, That's, that's a good, good Chuck Mother of Keon, welfare queen, Roscoe's <laughs> chicken and waffles oh. waitress black. The oh. correct answer is black. It was a black lady and everyone gets that right. So. And, and my thing was this. Mm-hmm. She is 29 with seven children. She was basically having a kid a year. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know when she started having kids, Karen. Well, twenty nine seven was at twenty one. Well, I mean, 22? she started having kids at like nineteen. Sounds oh, well, like yeah, even younger than that. My bad, my bad. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, 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 I'm. so she was taking a couple years off between you know every once in a while. Wow. Um, let's see. Um, oh, those ten. Okay. Uh, here's another news article. Um, uh, and it's also audio. Um. I think I just have to refresh here again. But this is about another mother of the year candidate. Oh, shit. Who had her children help her to steal jewelry. Over $100,000. Children steal more than $100,000 worth of jewelry from a Granite City shop. And it was all caught on tape. Our Shandrea Thomas is here now with the shocking video you'll only see on Fox 2. Shandrea. Sandy, the business owners say they've had small theft problems in the past, but they say this case was outrageous, bold, and calculated. This exclusive video tells a shocking story. Some people came in and decided to take it upon themselves to 
take a lot of jewelry that wasn't theirs. Madison County investigators say on August 27th, Janisha Gray went to the Hurley and Company jewelry store in Granite City with two kids, ages six and eight, and stole more than $100,000 worth of jewelry. It was the middle of the day, and it was all caught on tape. A family member of a suspect found the stolen goods and told police. The woman was basically blocking his view so the kids could go back and do what she told them to do. Owners say Gray distracted them while the two children went behind the counters with bags and took at least 69 jewelry boxes. The owners Shit. who have been at the West Chain of Rock store for six years say they're disgusted and even more so because the suspect used the kids to do her dirty work. She would hand them her purse and then they would take the purse, go back there and you can see their little hands going in and grabbing jewelry. At this point, police have recovered $10,000 worth of stolen merchandise, and the owners are tightening up security. In the meantime, police are looking for Gray, who's on the run. Even if we have to oh, post shit. a video of buy a TV, put it up on the wall, and just scroll that video of her reaching over the counter, helping herself, so people can see, look, we got you on camera, and you're going to get caught. And to yes, she is. be so blatant about it, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. Unbelievable, those poor little girls. Do they have any idea where this woman is? Well, um, from what I understand, police do believe that she could be hiding out in East St. Louis, so they're saying anyone with information, they're hoping to hear from them. All right. Chandrea, thanks so much. Thanks, well, All right. And, and see, her name's Chandrea, the news. She's working for a news organization. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm hmm Well, tell... like some self-hating shit when you think about it. Tell that shit to Nikesia, who has yeah. the least ghetto black name of all time and writes for the New York Times. Um, guess the race of, uh, Janicia Gray, um, who made her children steal. That's another mother of Keon. All right. Black. Let's check the chat room and see what they believe the race will be. One who got pregnant in a trap house. Oh. Black. Cast of Set It Off Part Two. uh i I was gonna say white but janicia is definitely the name of a hood booger bet she dodges cum shots to the face to avoid messing up that freshly laid track oh east st louis black as hell uh captain cornball says all the utility bills is probably in the kids names black oh ruining (laughs) them baby's credit oh that's sad that's great Hiding out, you say Louis Gucci Mane black. Probably white. I don't know what to say about this, but it sounds ridiculous. I don't know, says, well, that's not a guess, is it, motherfucker? No, wait, it's black, says Mitchell. Okay. Black says Sparger, and black, black says Jeffrey. What'd you say, Chris? Mitchell said, no, wait, it's black. Yeah, it's. Like, it's like a fucking. <laughs> mm-hmm, it, like the apes that they are, the animals in the exhibit. Uh, the correct answer is black. black. Everyone got it right. Yeah, a couple of you wavered, but you got it right in the end. Uh, let's get into the bonus round, man. It seems like Chris is two for two, so you let's go. Roll, let's go double it up. Wait, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. There we go. It's getting intense, guys. Bonus round. Double the points, double the raise, double the points, double the raise. That's right, it's the bonus round against the raise, where everything is worth double the racism, double the points, and you get double the prizes. So here we go with Chris. Uh, you ready to do some uh, double bonus round against the race, or are you a little nervous? I, I'm, I'm ready. All right. Let's get right into it then. 
oregon an 86 year old oregon man white hmm. on i'll read the rest for the chat one of the quickest guesses ever on trial for the shooting death of his wife you gotta wonder like what makes you kill your wife at 86 i mean we don't been together this long we might as well live it on like, to the end what how do you almost get to the end of the road and you just go you know what i'm tired of you hand me my oxygen tank i have to get up for a second uh, let me unplug your horse yeah <laughs> like i i can't take this anymore i thought i could make it the last couple of months of my life but your ass needs to die um he was on trial for the shooting death of his wife he carried out an attack of after a series of grievances with his family that prosecutor said included the failure of his stepdaughter to wish him a happy birthday <gasps> he took that personally didn't he think about it guys how many of you did not wish your grandfather or grandmother a happy birthday today you know how I many y'all didn't wish your stepdad a happy birthday and now you got your mama killed oh a phone call could have stopped all this just a simple yeah happy birthday because 86 he probably ain't got no cell phone so yeah you're gonna you're gonna have to waste i don't say waste your time but you're gonna have to burn some gas and go see him call him on his rotary phone oh yeah leave a message leave okay? a message make him happy and his complaint that his wife put the lid on the ketchup bottle too tightly yeah <laughs> now i understand that frustration sometimes you got to kill a motherfucker you know well you do that to me uh prosecutor mary anderson told jurors about lawrence luffler's complaint during the opening statement wednesday at his murder trial anderson said luffler made criticisms about his family during questioning by officers about the death of 83 year old betty luffler the prosecutor said the killing was a calculated act anderson said lawrence luffler took the phone off the hook retrieved a 25 caliber handgun in the middle of the night from the bedroom where she slept and then set a trap to get his wife onto the deck at the back of that house near lapine a town of about 1670 people he shot her once in the neck and then again in the head oh. and what he described when what he described to investigators as a kill shot to make sure she was dead while lawrence leffler admitted having planned to kill his wife defense attorney jacques decalb or jock decalb said that uh, his client was not guilty of murder because he was suffering from delusions he had no idea what reality was at the time the cow said Lawrence Leffler spent about 10 days in the retirement home at, after surgery to remove his gallbladder in December, receiving hospice care. He said Leffler was fixated on the death of his own father and became disoriented, irrational, and obsessed with death. On Wednesday, jurors listened to 911 call where, that he made about the shooting. During the recording, dispatchers asked Leffler about the shooting, and he says his wife was threatening him and he was afraid for his life, so he shot her. Some of the call was nearly impossible to understand as Leffler slobs the screens and repeatedly says that he doesn't know the details and what had taken place in the home. Lawrence Leffler breathes with the help of an oxygen concentrator and has begun to cry as he sat at the defense table uh, listening to the call. Wow. Chris says, White, let's check the chat room and see what they believe uh, this man's race was. Um, Whiter than the polar bears and all the white parties in the blizzard. Dick Cheney. (laughs) (laughs) mr richard cheney and or original oregon trail member (laughs) i'm assuming that's white harrow from the boardwalk empire white senile with old white man strength white black i don't know ancient mr that white black i don't know you know you're out of the game from now on jeffrey okay learn how to play ancient mr burns white white mitchell says white everybody gets with white Mm -hmm. the correct answer is white it was a white man 
Good job, everybody. You guys nailed it again, man. Yeah. Um, let's do one more. One more. Let's see if we can get out here. Um, 100%, Chris. Yeah. Chris oh, oh. under arrest tonight, accused of showing up drunk to pick up her daughter from school. Police say the situation turned violent when the woman attacked another parent. Now, 7 Action News reporter Chara Edwards shows us how dangerous this incident could have gotten after police allegedly discovered she was in possession of even more alarming substances. Alcohol, drugs, and a mom fight? That's not what parents expected to see when they were picking up their kids from Richards Middle School in Frazier. It all started when police say 43-year-old Lisa Marie Rosales pulled into the parking lot Thursday afternoon. Parents watched it all unfold before their eyes. She was blocking traffic and uh, the lady, I think behind me, had gotten out of her car and knocked on her window to ask her to move, telling her she was blocking traffic. And the the lady kind of jumped out of her car and went all crazy. Police say Rosales then attacked the other mother. At first, some parents thought she was just frustrated over the long line at the school. The parking lot is small because when this building was built, it was obviously a lot smaller. So, you know, you, you like the, the cars to move. Frazier officers arrived quickly. They say they could tell she was really drunk. According to police, she even admitted to driving to the school to pick up her 13-year-old daughter after drinking. While blowing oh. a 1.8 on the breathalyzer test, oh, officers lit. told 7 Action News they also found Oxycontin and pot. It's not oh. So My kids were like appalled. The incident that occurred here yesterday at the school, I think is really unfortunate. You know, due to that this is a, a very, it's a good school. And Rosales was charged with possession of controlled substance, possession of marijuana, and operate vehicle at high blood alcohol level. Her bond was set at $1,500. At the Fraser Police Department. Okay, first of all, before we even do the guess, I want to give this news reporter credit and the news editor credit for putting a black person on the screen as a witness to something that absolutely sounded knew how to talk it, it sounded intelligent that was amazing to hear because you just don't hear it very often but um that lady was like you know it was a shame because due to the school i was like what she is knocking out the part let me see how i play her again so my kids were like appalled the incident that occurred here yesterday at the school i think is really unfortunate you know due to that this is a, a very it's a good school and result amazing i mean i feel like that black woman earned some type of like i feel like she a lot doesn't even normally talk like that yeah she's like these cameras on me i feel like she normally doesn't even like she probably works at like customer service in a phone department or like a phone company and she was like "Mm -mm, for this moment on camera i'm gonna this is my moment to shine and I'm not letting my race down. I'm not going to do like Tyler Perry. <laughs> I was playing in the background while she was speaking. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing missing was fair. We needed, we needed a lift every voice and sing or like fairy side or something going on behind her. Like the horns from Jackie Robinson or something like that to just be like, yeah. She nailed it. So guess hey. you're having a moment. <laughs> a moment in history. Black <laughs> people can talk eloquently on the news. Oh, Lord. 
All right, man. Guess the race of what was this lady's name? name. Um, it was Hispanic. Uh, okay, you going Hispanic? Lisa Marie Rosales. Lisa Marie Rosales, forty three, picking up her child from a school, and you're going with Hispanic. It's just like as more like a, a Hispanic with European descent. You know, it's like she, you know, ah, shit. I'm going to have to say she's got a little bit of his, Hispanic in her. All right, okay. go on Hispanic. Let's check the chat room. Dang. Uh, oh, okay. You already heard this. One who washes the fruit she sells on the highway with the water from her back. Oh. Black. Wow. Yeah, that's Leonard Brothers for you. You got to be prepared for those. Rosie oh. Perez turned up that uh, that Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> oh. Oxymoron, oxymoron Hispanic. That name sounds Hispanic. Hispanic. One who uh, aquas dorsal section of their back of their body oh uh, aqueous dorsal section of their body that is awesome <laughs> <laughs> an aqueous dorsal section i love that that is so racist she was frustrated right damn cracker says jump off a nice white lady says barger tanya montana uh her phone voice uh for that black woman uh <laughs> slowpoke gonzalez the co- damn white the correct answer is, is white Fuck. that's right Yes, Chris missed it. Boo. And those that got it right. You know what, though? You know mm-hmm. what I've learned about this game? It seems like most of the time when it's a black person, they'll bring the black news reporter to the, to the scene of the incident so that they can, uh, so they, they feel less, you know, I guess it's, they, they feel more comfortable around the denizens of that area where they go to. So. Yeah, if you go send them to the hood, you don't want the cameras to get stole. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about this. A man killed a dog with a sword. Oh, not even the dogs are safe from sword ratchetness, people. A Gloversville man was charged by the state police after allegedly killing a dog with a samurai sword. John A. Mori, twenty-five of Gloversville, was charged with aggravated cruelty to animals, a felony, on September tenth. Troopers said they arrested Maury after local police learned the dog in question was killed while they were investigating a dog bite incident. <laughs> Troopers said the Maury claimed his dog had bitten three people and he could not control it anymore. Oh. Troopers said Maury claimed he attempted to give the dog away but was unsuccessful because it kept biting people probably. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, he wanted to give it to a shelter. Yeah, hey, uh, would you like this dog I give away for you free? What's wrong with it? Nothing, it seems. Ah! Ah! Oh, I mean, other than it biting innocent people. Sorry about that, man. No, I won't take this dog. Uh, no. Maury used a samurai sword to kill the dog by pushing down on the neck, cutting the dog, according oh. to the information from the state police. Troopers said Maury was brought to the scene from Mayfield, and troopers recovered the dog and the sword. Oh, would have hated to be on that crime scene. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, the dog was turned over to local police for a rabies test. Maury was arraigned and sent to the Fulton County Jail in lieu of $10,000 cash bail or $20,000 bond to reappear September 16th. Well, I bet after that amount of money for bail, I bet he wishes he would, uh, would have just called, you know, the Department of, like, Animals and shit, right? Mm, wow. Like, you know what I think you should do with, like, a rabbit, rabbit dog if I was him? What? I would drive my dog down to the headquarters of PETA 
and just let it loose and be like no fix it with your love <laughs> y'all y'all dogs bite love y'all so much better than me you know get work on it do something to the dog man like tell it how much you respect it as a as as, as a humane individual and that it has the same rights as you tell talk to mm-hmm. it no it don't reason with it compared to slavery like you I, did before i know folks love their dogs but no dogs are not people yep um all right man this has been another episode of the blackout tips make sure you guys check out chris's podcast the mundane festival you can hear a lot about independent films hear a lot about uh white women that are revelations in independent films that deliver great performances um you can hear him discuss why uh charity stars at home is a, a great work of art not a misogynist. phenomenal yes phenomenal. not a misogynist bitter uh piece of art uh like all like ra- like rap music is so dainty and fonte just fucking like ruined it with exactly him shit about women that's what i'm saying what's a little more to pile on it doesn't mean anything to me it's fine um it's not like he was standing out in that area before with his uh i think he did before though like he talked about a lot of that shit before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did. yeah i remember um little brother's first album um when he was talking about how you know when the nights get cold he's gonna need somebody to hold and he wants it to be her and i said wow this dude hates women <laughs> well no uh, uh, okay he had some songs he had a song called system mm-hmm. he had a song called that system was a bonus track on get back and then he's like fonte talked about his his lust for women big food talked about like alcoholism there's another record. Uh, I haven't heard. Uh, I haven't heard System. I only go by the okay. tracks that were originally okay. on right, the all albums. All right. All right. I will. I will raise. I will give you that. I will mm-hmm. raise you. I will raise you. What is it? Your, is it yours? Uh, what is the one about? All for you. Yes. Uh, all for you. Talk about the dad. Like mm-hmm. how he kind of like you mentioned like him, him resenting his son's faith. Like this, because this kid looks at me. I don't. You know, a lot because his dad did fucked up shit. Yeah. Uh, called the Little Wayne record mm-hmm. was the one they had uh, don't break in my heart. Yes. Uh where he talks about the the struggle with with dating a woman, being a high school sweetheart with her and yes. cheating and creeping. So that's been there. He hasn't It just I don't, ballooned. It just got it to a point because of what happened to him in real life. As, in real life, yeah. we we want rappers to talk about what's happening in their life yeah i agree i'm listen i'm not saying he shouldn't talk about it i'm and saying it's okay for me to skip the album it is okay you know me. it's kind of like if i have a friend right chris i consider you a friend if I you go through too. a really tough breakup and the only time you come around you just want to talk shit about women i'm yeah. gonna have to be like chris i can only take so much of this like I'm happy with my wife. I can't really relate to all these problems. I'm not the guy to necessarily yeah. be here every day while you're wearing shades inside with a five o'clock shadow <laughs> to, you know, like you haven't left the house in days, Chris. Oh, it's, time, it's time to, to do something other than mope. Then you can call me. But if you just want to like shoot the shit about how women ain't shit, I, I don't have to listen to that. That's all I'm saying. 
that's true i think we agree on that yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't even say that the shit the man is talented i'm a fan i would listen to other i listen to other things he's done all the time i just I that him. that's an album that I, I always get to a couple of songs and i'm like oh that is right shit was going bad for him all right yeah, well i'll get to the next one <laughs> it's great but it's actually interesting that you meant that because that made me think about the way that i listen to fonte yeah like he has this mixtape uh i think it was released around the time charity came out and it was just like his whole like oeuvre if you will uh like little snippets from when he was younger and stuff with little brother and i would just listen to that before shows and then like the relationship stuff i would i wouldn't listen to that like when i'm like i listened to a lot of rap music before shows right and those would be the records when he talked about the relationships on charity starts at home like that's I don't listen to those songs. Yeah, it makes sense. But now that you mentioned that, I'm definitely going to go back and I'll probably be, you'll probably get a text from me, uh, in a couple days and be like, damn, that shit was, (laughs) (laughs) like, dude, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself as someone married to a woman in a relationship. I couldn't help, but my first thought be like, does his wife know that he put this out for the world to hear? Like, how are they doing? Like, you know, like that was my first thought. I was like, this isn't the kind, it's like when a comedian does a real, like, hard hitting 10 minutes about his relationship and you mm-hmm. go, yeah. and you just look in the audience like, that's not him. That's not her right there, is it? You know, you just like, I hope, you know, who, who can stand up to just someone berating their relationship or like, even if it's being honest, just that type of pessimism about a relationship. And it's, and you're involved, you know? Louis C.K. did that, uh, on, I think, Chewed Up. Yeah. And then right after his next special, he wasn't together. He wasn't. Yeah. Dude, I, it says something, you know, I don't get, pardon me for listening to the words, but that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You, you and I are definitely alike (laughs) in that sense. Like, yeah. So it's just like, I just, this, this caught me off guard, guys. Yeah. No doubt. It's, it's cool. I'm not going to lie to you um speaking of which tomorrow um we may or may not have a show depending on how i'm feeling because tomorrow's my birthday tomorrow's his birthday yeah so y'all thanks man uh y'all that follow me on uh follow us on spreecast you'll get an email if we decide to do one but we might not decide to do one um that's about it i think for uh the debt today um oh wait i did have one more thing to ask you chris and we have time so I'll, i'll go ahead um how was uh you know what dude the podcast you recorded with robert kelly and the round table of uh uh, very sarcastic uh comedians it was really fun um for me i think that it it helped me from you guys having me on your show um i would say how do i want to put this i'll say for a guy See, I would say that you guys are, are famous. Our <laughs> popular, our popular podcasters. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, the way that you, you guys are in directly, indirectly responsible for a lot of, I'm, I'm a, you know, for a lot of people that, that have given me a shot, whether they stay with me or not, they gave me a shot on Twitter, on the podcast. And so I'm thankful to you guys because, uh, for a number of reasons, right. you know, and, uh, so Bobby Kelly's podcast, you know, he has a, a huge listenership. I would say that would be like getting called up 
to the majors. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you use it at, in the baseball term, I would say, like, I got on base. Uh, I got a couple hits. I made them laugh a few times. But overall, it was almost like when, you, when you're playing double dutch, it's like, like double dutch you're trying to fit and see how you can fit in right and and it's, it was kind of like you know those guys snipe at each other i know some of those guys and i've worked with them before but i don't know them know them like that yeah, yeah. so yeah you was, can tell because like a lot of their conversation with you is kind of like almost surface level yeah. where, where it's like well you're a black dude what about this thing uh it's like yeah. uh yeah 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 uh that's not really what i do but um here's another joke that you know kind of relates to what you just said because you're still on the spot because you know they rotate the mic it's almost like they rotate the spotlight to each other and i'm by spotlight i mean like the roast light basically like we're about to make we haven't made jokes about chris in a while chris say something so we can make jokes about you yeah so it was it was cool but like if i did it again i would be more prepared but like if people have you know, I've gotten a couple follows off of it and yeah. people, you know, check me out. So it was great exposure. But if I had it again, if I did it again, it would probably be more, I'd probably be more, uh, you know, I would, I would go that fire back at him a little more. Yeah. I was going to say, cause that's not really your thing Yo, to yeah. like no. go oh, in staff, on yes. folks. And yeah. that is the kind of the vibe of that show. So yeah. it was almost like, when you could have been like going in on other guys and, and joking them and stuff, you kind of you're a nice person and you kind of like yeah. kept it nice. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna feel comfortable making jokes about your sexuality. So uh that is interesting that you suck some dicks when you were in sixth grade. That uh... yeah, like I know, like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, because Bobby was nice to have me on because like uh I just happened to be going on uh to a gig with them because I wanted to see Bobby do a set because I'd never seen him live or whatever. And I was like, you know, cool. And he was nice. He said, hey, do my, do my podcast. I was like, oh, shit. Like, because I listened to it. Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, I can't come in there. Because it's been people that had that were first-timers that would come on and be like, yeah, you fat, Bobby. Fuck you. Yeah. I was like, shit. And then they'd be like, yo, you don't know me like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So nah, it's a they, fine line. It's a fine yeah. line. Like, you can't just open up the shows like, and comedian Chris Lever, you <laughs> dick-sucking son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun, and I would say that you know I got a couple in. And, yeah, you uh, did. I you got me laughing a few times uh, yeah. with kind of like some low key comments in the background, or like yeah. they would kind of have a lull in the conversation. You throw something in there, and I'd be like, "Oh, Chris, get them." Yeah, so it's it's like I, I just credit you guys, uh, the three guys on podcast for you know really just allowing me to, to express myself and <laughs> it, it just no honestly though because um uh the latest episode that i have of uh that i just posted i had gordon baker bone uh who's a comedian he's one of the deceptive comics yes. um, and uh we were talking about blackness and i think the older you get uh you kind of feel like uh you have to be comfortable in your own skin and we we talked about childish Gambino. We talked about Donald Glover. Uh, Gordon calls him the the suburban black Jesus. And, <laughs> and uh, we just talked like because you kind of wonder like, are people going to accept me? Like when you put yourself out there on the internet, you never know what your response is going to be. That's right. And then, and, 
and I, I just kind of applaud you guys in my growth as, as, uh, as an artist or whatever the fuck I am to just <laughs> to be myself, like to be myself and just people that are going to like you and there's people that aren't going to like you. But for the people that like me, it's just like, that's really cool because I'm being myself. I'm this big black dude who likes, uh, hip hop, who likes pretty little liars, who likes Felicity. I'm a multifaceted person, and I can't just—I have to be who I am. True. And that's gonna—that's if any—if anything is gonna happen, it's gonna be for me being myself, and it makes the response more humbling, right? Uh, because I'm—I'm I'm coming at it in a way that I'm trying to be my most authentic self. So it's—it's yeah. just it's a testament to uh, what you guys, uh, what you. Rod, you and Karen, what y'all put out there, and um, so I'm, I'm glad that anytime I can be on, it's, it's it's good, it's a good thing. And people love to hear about you. Like whenever we post it out, a lot of people are like, "Oh shit, Chris!" Like they get really, yeah. really excited. So yeah, a you're people, a lot of people's favorite guests. Yes, man. you are. A lot. Like, of we'll get that. Uh, yeah, a lot. People's critic for for sure will be, "Oh shit, they got Chris back on!" Like. Yeah. you yeah, know, and that, that's, that's always dope. And like you said, especially when you do it being yourself, because yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you turn on the mic, you you want to like express yourself, you want right. to stand out and all that stuff. But standing out by trying to be as authentic as possible is, uh, for me, the only way to really do it because it's the one thing I don't have to keep up and act. I don't have since I'm never true. since I never was faking it. I don't have to ever remember a position that I, I had, had on another yeah. show. I don't ever have to be like. Wait, I said I was against gay marriage when I talked to Bill O'Reilly, but when I talked to Chris, I said I was for it. Oh, uh, like I, you know, yeah. like I, I, I appreciate just being, um, the, I, and honestly, man, it's why it's, I connect with certain people. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, this dude's authentic. I can, I get that vibe. I'm not tell. dealing with his representative. I'm dealing with an actual person. person. And, yeah. uh, that's what's up, man. I remember, uh, you were one of the people we contacted. Uh, we wanted to do a sport movie review and the thing was going to be, we we're going to have one person who disliked, uh, the dark Knight rises. And then the rest of us were going to, uh, pretend that we were going to have a really nice conversation that was going to be civil. But every time that they brought up any, even if it was valid or any type of criticism, we were all going to flip out on them, cuss them out and be like very unruly towards this person and um i remember when i was like well chris you could do it and you thought about it I'm like actually nah i like the movie and i don't want to like try to come up with bullshit about the movie you know for the bit and i was like that's cool and we went and found somebody that actually did yeah, dislike the movie yes, so it worked out even better um but yeah I, I mean there's something about that where you have to respect it where you like i appreciate you saying i'd rather not yeah. do it even if it's just you know acting or whatever so um that kind of shit is cool man it is well, well yeah like I, I think it's just um and i'm flawed too i'm fucked up just like everybody else but it was just like not me uh, i'm perfect yeah nobody <laughs> but it, it, I am. <laughs> well you are right yeah me and childish gambino <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i just think it's it's um it's just trying to be it, it might take longer for me yeah. Uh, but it's just, but I think when, when good things happen, and I think what I, what, what you guys have done, the example that, and this is, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but it's just, um, what I'm trying to do with me, with my podcast is just 
have people on that I like and have people that have stories that have, uh, you know, you may start off one way, but it's about people taking the onus on themselves, yeah. themselves and believing in themselves to just to go out and do a podcast, to go out. And you worked in the corporate world. You, you had a situation with your job. You made it public and you, you, you invested in yourself, you know, and you, you're lucky to have a, a supportive wife and, and yes, your situation and everything. Lucky. But it's just, it's just like, well, it, it makes people look, look and say like, well, I can, if this guy can do it, maybe I can too. Or like, I'm sitting in this cubicle. Like Bill Burr talks about it all the time. Like leaving your, leave, I don't know, but just believing in yourself and maybe finding something outside of that cubicle mm-hmm. that gives you, that gives you hope or that right. makes you feel good. A purpose good. or a meaning in life. Something that, yeah, exactly. something that you want to do and not just something you have to do all the time. Completely different. Speaking of want to do, I want to set my fantasy football lineup and I oh, yeah, okay. have to watch the uh, NFL football at one. Um, we're about to get up out of here, y'all. Um, thank y'all so much for listening. We'll be back. Uh, today's podcast was sponsored by, of course, Shadow Dog Productions. Go to their YouTube page, Shadow Dog Production, and their website, ShadowDogProductions.com. Buy stuff, click on things, like things, leave comments. We appreciate everybody that does that. Also, TweakedAudio.com. Put in the code TBGWT, and you get all those great things. Leave us five-star reviews on iTunes, y'all. We ain't going too far for that yet. Um, and may or may not see you guys tomorrow. Um, like I said, birthday. So if I'm too drunk, no show. Um, <laughs> until then, uh, I love you. You too, baby. Mwah.